you can bet I'm doing numbers and my stock is going up cause of my hunger when you see me in my zone I'm locked in not clocked in I'm never boxed in when you see me in my when I'm in my zone I feel like I'm alone I feel like I'm unknown to the world that's full of clones my originality's focused on principalities broken I'm loaning my heart and soul to the game that's scared to pay it back and failure is a motherfucker the strength to go on and believing in another sucker who don't see the vision in you so you gotta work harder times too gotta make it do what it do with a limited social box greatest place that some of you wish you were some of you one day will be so as you can see i am your man mr gq we got dj michael b down there on the bottom and of course we got us a special guest over off to the side you want to go ahead and tell the people who you are my friend hey man it's it's, it's your boy troy ftsl troy thank you guys for having me man i appreciate yeah, man. this man yeah man we've been we've been bragging about you we actually talked about y'all's pod quite a bit on the last yeah, episode yeah. we was like appreciate hey man that. Yeah, because I've been I've been telling him about all the experience that I've been having since you know been being on there with y'all and how great it is. And so so Troy here is the other is the other NBA brain. So you two will hit it off perfectly when it comes. To ah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, I'm so, a big NBA guy. So big NBA guy. what we like to do here in the lounge, like I said, we like to keep it comfortable. You know, we like to keep it chill. We like to kind of let the world kind of find out and figure out, you know, who who's involved. So, you know, we know you guys have a From the Sidelines pod that's on YouTube. It's on Spotify. You guys are on all major platforms. Yeah, all major platforms, yeah. Yeah, so that's Google great. Google Podcast, too. You find us out hey, there, man. Hey, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got yeah, yeah. to be on Google Podcast. Podcast. Got to be on Google Podcast to be official, dude. Hey, hey. So I can't listen to Apple on this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, but it's all right. Apple, Apple loves us. Um, I know from everything I've seen, the close we've gotten as high as number, uh, number 68. Oh, on the, in the in the hobbies category for our podcast, which has been cool. No, that's trying good. To, you know, still trying, pushing, to, man. still trying to you know trying to crack that top thirty. You know, so you can actually you know see us you know in, in the rankings. Right, you see your name there, man. Like, yeah, you know, hey, it's like, crazy. Okay, hey, hey, good right. things are coming. All right, yeah, good things are coming. So um, so let's 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 dive into um before we start getting into the, the interview section of it, I want to get into um I want to get into a little backstory. I kind of want you to tell the people how you got started with from the sidelines. Like, how did it come about? Want to hear something funny? I knew he was going to ask me this question. I'm glad you knew that. I'm, I'm glad you knew that. <laughs> I'm sitting here, I'm like, he's going to ask me, how did I get started? So I'll try to keep it not so long, but it's a long story. So okay. about, I would say, four years ago, I was, uh, do I got I to be PG? No, you, hey, we, oh, okay. we, we, right, explicit, right. we look, we explicit as hell around here. All right, all right, all right, all right, fuck that. All right. Um, <laughs> you, you, you fucking ask if it's explicit or not. <laughs> I wanted to make sure. You know, I wanted to rule your show, bro. Nah, nah, you're oh, good. So, no, oh, hey, you grown, bro. <laughs> word, that's how I feel, you know? That's why I let loose on hours, too. But about four years ago, um, I was sitting in my cousin's bathroom, and we, we were smoking something, and... um. I was, I was at this time. I, I have been talking about doing something, my anime, a podcast was two, one of the, the two of the things I wanted to do. Um, so we started uh, to try to put together an anime, and let's just say that didn't work out. Don't want to go too far, but the anime did not work out. So I left it alone, and another year goes by, and I'm still sitting here like, I want to, I want to do something. I want to do something. All right, let's let's just do the podcast. Let's see if the podcast works. So one of my female cousins hit me up and she was like, yo, I got a podcast. Won't you be the co-host? I'm like, word. But come to find out, 
it, it was shaky at best. You know, it was shaky at best. So at that point, my best friend, like you guys are, he was like, yo, let's let's stop fucking around and let's just do a pod. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. But I wanted, I wanted, we both wanted to bring my cousin in, who was also in on an anime with us. And we brought him in and we came up with the name Dirty Diaper, which was the concept of three fathers. <laughs> like, right. Which was the concept of I'll three fathers uh, talking shit. Yeah, that's all it was. Three fathers talking shit. It was the logo was dope, man. It was a, it was a hamburger with a diaper on it with a mic in front. Like it was it was a cool setup, but it didn't work out. So me and my best friend pivot, uh, and we came up with "What's Up, Brother," uh, which was a saying my landlord used to always say it to me. He was a, uh, I think he was either Irish or Russian. I can't remember, but he used to everything he said. He ended with "Brother, Brother, What's Up, Brother." Like, and to with me and my roommate, we started to adopt it into so, and my best friend was always around me. So we came up with the, the show, What's Up Brother? And we did it for like six months. He had something personal happen, so he could no longer do it. So then I was just sitting there again, like, what am I going to do? Back to the drawing board. If, if, yep. And if you go to From the Sideline, all one word on YouTube, right? And you go down and you find the first video, it's just me. It is just me because I I refuse to let it go to waste. I was like, I'm not gonna let you know my ambitions or what I want to do, the motivation I have to to stop because you know personal things do happen. So how do I pivot now and make some? So I took a little break. I came up with a concept for a show, and it was on paper. And I sat there for two weeks, and I was like, Nah, I gotta do it. So I turned my camera on and I did it. And at the end of it, I was like. I need some people to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to talk to myself. Like, look, you could, you would never know if you don't try. I tried it. wasn't for me. I don't like talking to myself. So I put a little feelers out on Facebook. Just how I found you, Mr. GK. Yep. I'm, I'm telling you where we originated from. We yep. originated from finding me, finding guys on on uh, Facebook. Uh, I found a couple of guys throughout that process who kicked it with me for about, I want to say six months. Um, I had a guy, I mean, shout out all these guys, man, because I wouldn't be where I am without them, even though, you know, you do go through ups and downs with people. I had a guy named Pete, man, shout out Pete. Pete was my co-host for a little bit. He wound up getting a job. And then, you know, I started to bring the other guys on, like Frank, Roy, onto the back end of things. Pete wasn't too happy with it, but at that time, Pete didn't really have enough time on his hand yeah. to be a co-host. So, we went back and forth. I'm not 100%, you know, right in this situation. You know, we all have our faults. I've learned from, you know, being new at this to how to deal with people so much that the guys on my pod call me diplomatic. You know, I, I am diplomatic now because I, I won't go and tell us, no, I always handle it the correct way. I have proof. But, um, so Pete, Pete leaves. Uh, it was five of us. Now it's four of us. Then Frank has a death in the family and disappears on us. No word, no nothing. We find out about a week and a half later. Uh, he eventually comes back, but it's not the same. So me and him wind up getting into it, and he wind up piecing out on us too. And at this time, Roy, which I love Roy to this day, Roy, Roy is one of the few ones that my doors will always be open to. Roy was a uh, he was in in works to being a nurse, right? And his test came up and he kept it real with me. He was like, look, um, my, 
my test here. I got to study. I got to pass this thing. He wanted to pass in it. He became a registered nurse and he could no longer do it. So he walked away respectfully. I always got respect for Roy. Roy, my boy. I hit him up a couple of weeks ago just to check on him. So they left me in GK. So at that time, I got invited on another podcast and it was a bigger podcast. I think they were at around 10K. Oh, um, around 10K. And we were, we were still at 93 view, uh, subs on on YouTube. So it was a it was a big moment for us. But now I only had two members. I really didn't have an identity of where we were going to go. So me and GK, we went on this show. We went on two shows. We went on sun, Saturday and Sunday. And we found a couple of guys within that community and revamped the show and then pushed it out. And then ultimately, to cut the long story short, throughout that period of time, without throughout the next seven to eight months, is uh, towards the back end is where we meet from the side of uh, Mel, which GQ, you know, mm-hmm. you know, Southside mm-hmm. Mel, where we where we meet Mulich. Uh, I don't think you met Zamara yet, but we have no, a I haven't met him yet. Yeah, we have a female that's with us named uh, Zamara. We meet them, and these guys are one hundred percent want to be on board, ready to go. So I bring these guys on, and now now we're to the point where we want to take it serious. And a couple of those guys that I brought on, you know, they they weren't on the same page with us. And shout out to them too, because like I said, without those guys doing what they did for us, we wouldn't be where we are. I'm very humble, you know, and and appreciative to those guys for helping me build, you know, the what the brand I'm trying to build over here. It's sad that it doesn't work out, but I, I said this on at the end of the, one of my episodes, and I repeat it here: it's whoever was here. Will always be a brother whether we ended on good terms or bad terms it doesn't matter to me because i'm trying to build a brotherhood and i want this community to see that it's always love no matter whether we see eye to eye or not so they didn't see eye to eye with us they walked away and now we are what we are today i like it that sounds that story sounds a lot just just you and your friend just Hey, we should do this. That sounds a lot like ours. <laughs> yeah, right. The G, Mr. GQ yeah. was just telling me that, and I told him, and I will repeat this to you, uh, DJ. Um, because I wanted to start with my best friend, and things did not go as planned. It made me, you know, happy when he did say, like, we, me and my best friend, wanted to do this, and we did it because, you know, even though me and my best friend did it, and things got away, you, I could tell just by me and Mr. GQ that you guys are going to keep pushing this thing and pushing it and pushing it. Oh yeah, that's all you sure. can ask. So yeah, you know, no, shout out to you guys, man. Uh, yeah, no. So and like I said, so when he so when he found me, like I said, it was on that one that Facebook group I invited you to, the Lord, the podcast, yep, promotion, yep. whatever. He had just he had pushed out a blast, like, hey man, I'm looking for guests to be on there. And I was like, yeah. I went back to my roots. So, yeah, you know, just going, so for a long time, so for a long time, like having the other guys on, my identity shifted. Mm-hmm. So what I had on paper when I first started with just me wasn't the same thing I had. At the point where I invited the other guys from the other community on, we had a show that was that was in the likeness of those what those guys were doing. Yeah, of course. And when you do that, a lot of times, a lot of times, doing what other people do can help you gain a following, right? But it's also tricky because you have to do something better than them, yeah. right? And not saying that we don't we weren't doing things better than them, but it's a lot that goes into trying to usurp those guys when you're in their shadow. You get what I'm saying? And that's the placement, you know, we put ourselves in when we, you know, went up there and ultimately took some guys out of that community to come over. They, they created the atmosphere that they had over there, which didn't work for us. So it, 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 you, you get stuck sometimes trying to build something and trying to make, cause all the guys that's a part of from the sideline, 
Jamar lives in Maryland. I live in New Jersey. Southside is in Las Vegas. Um, Moolich is in Sacramento. Buwap is in Illinois, Chicago. Uh, Lamar is moving to LA. Like these are guys I met on in all different places. So not only are we diverse, like, but we're from all different likeness of yeah. you know the earth, which brings so, something uh, spectacle. You you know I, I got a question for you. Go hey. going the route that you going the route that you did like that. Um, what was what what, what did y'all use to build chemistry? Because I've watched your show. Mm-hmm. I've watched y'all show now ever since uh, Mr. GQ been on. So I, and y'all have hella chemistry. So I want what. What steps did y'all take to build the chemistry? Because it seemed it, it just can't be random. It's like, this is the guys that mesh. <laughs> no, but the crazy thing is you will never know until you sit down with the guys. So yeah. as the, as the, they like saying this, I hate saying this. I always say it's our <laughs> podcast. But me as the leader, right, me as the front guy of it, I have to be able to scout talent, right? Yeah, I have right. to be able to, to scout you and Mr. GQ, you you know this, and I'm pretty yeah. sure DJ, you have to be able to scout guys that your personality meshes with. So you'll invite yeah. a lot of people on. Like I invited this guy named Tyler on. Shout out to Tyler. But all Tyler did was agree with everything that me and uh, the I forgot who else was on with us. But he just Thanks. agreed. <laughs> he just kept saying, Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, yo, that's not gonna mesh. But when you meet somebody like Southside, right? That can talk in logic, right? But also he lost his shit once, but that can keep his composure and articulate his point. Yo, I can work around that. I could, I could give you, I could like, it's like acting, right? Yeah. I always tell them you got to learn the value of entertainment, right? Got to learn the value of entertainment. Cause it could be something that's very, that could be so entertaining, but one of us got so mad that it wasn't entertaining. It was just like, Oh damn. Like, but we could have made it something so beautiful. We just kept our heads. That's what, you finding these guys. So that's what I look for. Always look for how they talk, how they respond to somebody disagreeing to them. If they, sorry, if they come with energy, if, if they, if you know, if they're willing to listen, do they, are they cutting people off? Like there's a, you have to, it's, it's like an NBA scout. It's like an NFL scout. You have to scout these things and understand. So you saying it just didn't work. No, it, it just worked. It, <laughs> did work. yeah. it did. I, it's like, and I always tell them I'm a good judge of character. Now, sometimes I got it wrong. Like the guys that left, sometimes I got it wrong. You know, I always thought that these the people that I have here, um, they have the same mindset as me. Like, but I tell you this one thing that uh, I don't know if you know who Math Hopper is. Yep, he's a battle rapper who has. A, I know. Uh, I keep up with the battle rap yeah, community. Now. My, expert, <laughs> my expert opinion, but he said something in the light of what he was going through. He said it's hard to build something when you're telling the guys around you to just have faith just have faith and i find a lot of times people just don't have that faith that you have you know so when you find guys like mel they come along and they're willing to sit on the phone and talk to you and you get to know them you get to understand what they're going through and what what their what their point of being here is yeah i was about to start my own podcast but god just telling me that this is where i need to be okay no i could work with that um no i just love talking sports for move I, I like what you guys got on here. I want to be a part of that. Okay, I can work with that. But I can tell you something. Somebody like Moolidge, right? Shout out Moolidge. Yeah. Moolidge, Moolidge didn't come on and connect with us right away. Like, his talking points was good, but Moolidge would tell you he came on with no energy. And, Mr. GQ, you know we're, yeah. we're a high-energy show. Yeah, no, 100%. And, and Moolidge is kind of... Now he, you he, see yeah. Moolidge? Do yeah. you see Moolidge now? Yeah. And that took me one time to be like, yo, Moo, I just need you to have a little bit more energy. 
And once she showed me that, I was like, no, you come on full time. So you got to, sometimes you got to, you see something in somebody and they don't see it yet. And you got to just give them that little nudge and that's moolage. You'll find somebody like Zamar who's like, yo, I want to get into it, but I don't know how I'm going to be perceived. Look how, go watch her when she first came on, watch her now. Her confidence is is skyrocket because now she knows like, I can sit in a room with, with men and talk sports and they don't judge me for being a woman. It's, it's just all about comfortability and yeah. a give and take. Like, I'm not I'm not just going to take from you. I'm going to give it to. And, and that's what builds that chemistry, DJ. That's what, what builds it like this is like when you see guys that have that same mindset that's willing to work, willing to put in the time, the money, and the effort. Time, money, and effort because that's what it takes to build something. That, that's like, nah, I'm going to do whatever it takes on my end as the leader to make sure I'm doing my part to keep that chemistry going. That's why I make these guys sit down in the meeting. And the first thing we do in the meeting is talk sports. Yep. See, I like that. And like I said, I, I learned it from my first episode. I was like, look, I didn't even have to try. I walked in and I felt it. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm in. The yeah, right. yeah. I already know where I'm at. So I was like, it was easy to just be me. But to answer your question, DJ, that's all you had to do is ask me. Because John, my co-shout out, John, my co-worker, John, said the same thing. And I told Mr. GQ before he came on, DJ, my co-worker, John, loves Mr. GQ, loves him. He asks me every week, is he coming back on? Is he coming back on? You got him on this? You got him on Friday? He's coming back on? Like, swear to God, John loves him, bro. Loves him. And I'm like, yo, because you walked in that door, and John was just watching this. He just started watching probably like the last 15 episodes of us. And you walked in that door, and he knew what it was. And you walked in, and you fit so perfectly in. So perfectly. And you said it. You texted me after. He's like, yo, I didn't have to try. Nah, that's the feeling we want to give everybody. Whether you agree with it or disagree Bro, I, I'm telling you, I uh, I texted him. I was like, "How was it?" He was like, "Man, it was amazing." And then he sent me the link, and I watched the show. I said, "Well, damn, he fits seamlessly in this shit." What the hell? That's but that's the that's the vibe you want to give people when you're yeah. building something like this. You want people to come in and feel comfortable because you know who's going to look at that? The big guys, the guys you want to come on the shows. The yeah. athletes, they're going to look at it like, "Damn, that guy came on and fits so effortlessly. How am I going to go in there with my personality yeah. and fit? I'm going to fit good. Maybe I should." You know, take that step to go on that podcast for 15 minutes just to see. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely very confident when I finally get to come on y'all podcast. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's Monday, man. Monday. I got another guy on, too. He's a LeBron guy, so you better get ready. Yeah. Oh, he's a LeBron yeah. guy. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. He's going to have fun with that. But um, I'm going to have fun with that person. Me, too. Yeah. So... So that's and that's that's one thing like in the in the lounge is something we like to highlight. We like to kind of learn who who the person is behind the screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we see we see the shows, we see what everybody does, but it's like, who are you? Right. You know, when the camera's not recording, when you're not live on on YouTube, on Facebook, on wherever you know. I'm playing who are Call you? of Duty and Horizon Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> Take care of my kids. <laughs> hey, I ain't even mad at you. So, but no, I appreciate that because it's a the, the the beauty in it is like. People want to know who you are. Hundred percent. People, people could respect your sport takes, but they want to know who they're getting invested into. Because people, yes. a lot of people don't understand when they're getting into a business like this, people are going to invest in you, and it's yes. not just about the money, right? Because you know, a lot of these guys they'll donate to you because they 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 mess with you. Yeah, it's yeah. not about that for us. It's about them feeling like a community. I want a guy in the community to be going through something. And it doesn't take us on a podcast. It takes somebody else in that in that in that community. But like, yo, what yep. you need? What you need? How can yep. I help you? What can I do to help you get through the hard times that you're going? Hundred percent. That's what we want to build, and that's all it's about. But a lot of people they look at it like, 
money first. That, nah, it's build that community so it's stable and they know what it's on. I don't. I, we don't tolerate the disrespect. You can Back. say whatever you want, but be respectful. Yeah. You know how many people have come over disrespect and now they don't disrespect. It's not about me changing your mind. It's just about me changing your approach. Right. That's all it is. And people, they invest in that. They invest in you. Like, you know how many people are watching people like, yo, you don't know how you saved my life. That's True. the messages you want from your fans. Because what people don't realize on the other side of our, on the other side of, of not our screens, but the screens of the people that's watching us, they're human too. They're going through stuff too. Yeah. And I always empathize with that. Like, I know my life is hard. I can just imagine what you guys' lives are. Yeah, and that, and that's why we love what we do. Like when we do the pod, like we have a we have a group. We have a group of people. They always like, hey, bro, what's going on? We see the pod come out on Thursday. Like, what's going on? Like, people, yeah. people at work, they drive all day. Or they're listening to the pod. Like mm -hmm. that's how they get through their day on a Thursday. Mm -hmm. And it's like you know because of what you guys do, whether y'all talking about sports or like, um, season one was probably one of the craziest things we ever did because we was all over the place. But mm -hmm. we was on sports. We started talking relationship stuff. Um. To a point where we had a very particular episode, like if you, when we looked at our, because you talked about me, you talked about this before we went live. We talked about the numbers that it got mm -hmm. <laughs> I could be nowhere I'm going this already. There was a time period from like April 18th to like April like 27th where we just skyrocketed. And it's because we had a topic and we talked about um, toxic people and how toxic people ruin good people. Mm -hmm. So it, what it ended up doing is it ended up sparking a setup to where all of a sudden my ex ended up you know, like I was talking about, and ended up hitting me up in my DMs and dropped some other shit. Oh, yeah, it turned into a whole a whole, whole other thing. So Bitches. it got to a point where so one of her friends, because you know about, you know how Anchor, you know, you deal with Anchor like we do. So her friend has sent a voice recording and started saying some shit. And I was like, all right, I'm going to let it go. Bad idea. I let it go, but then it started stewing. And that was like a pressure cooker. And I was like, you know what? Forget that. So season one, are done. Yeah. So season, season one, the last two episodes, like we had to break, we had to break it into like four parts. Because mm -hmm. when I dropped these bombs, like I dropped bombs. Like I went the fuck off. Like there you go. And but I just watched the like the, the controversy caused the ratings to go up. And I was like, damn, like I don't want our show to be based on controversy, but because of that instance happening, like you just talked about behind the screen, some real life stuff happened it leaked into the show and it was like, well, I'm gonna go ahead and take it and run with it since it's already happening. Right. Cause just like, and, and I tell everybody, I say, listen, what I won't do, even if I'm going to quote unquote, talk about you, I'm never going to drop your name. Cause I don't believe in free cloud. I'm not mm -hmm. going to give you free cloud. Not on my platform. You see what I did? Yeah. I only dropped the people that the old, yeah. old people's name. I didn't drop yeah. nobody. New, like, yeah. like I'm not, I'm not going to do that because I'm not going to give you a chance to, to get boosted up because of something. I said, no light. We ain't, no. Fly, we ain't flashing no, no light on you. Love you. I respect you. I'm but telling, you no can call light. me. Yeah. You call me Eminem with this. I'm going to say it with the lyrics and you're going to figure out by reading the lyrics who I'm talking about. There you go. That's it. Call it subliminal all you want. I don't, care. I, I don't give a damn. Me Check either. these metaphors and watch what I do. There you go. So I like how we did that. So, Let's go ahead and let's get our pivot on. So I know you guys talked about it on your show yesterday, but uh, we had we had planned it. We was like, we'll save it for today. So let's talk about these reactions to these NFL awards yesterday. So not yesterday, before yesterday. No, yesterday. Yeah, no, third Friday, whenever. Yeah, 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 Friday. But it was a big deal. We we had an idea. Okay. We kind of knew you kind of knew who the favorites were, but then you were like, eh, maybe some things will you know change change up a little bit, but. Of course, we started at the top. We saw that Patrick Mahomes ended up winning the MVP. I called it. Like, and 
I'm not like, and we talked about it too. I was like, I'm, I wasn't mad about it, but I do feel like if Jalen Hurts doesn't get hurt, I think Jalen Hurts may have gotten enough votes to pull it off. But then you go back and look at the numbers, and you're like, people just forgot what you know Mahomes did all season in totality. I'll give you, I'll give you maybe two to three things. Let's think about beginning of the season. It yep. was Tyreek Hill. Everybody was saying mm-hmm. Chiefs finish last in the division, right? There's no way they make the playoffs. Well, if they thought the red, their Raiders were going to be better than them, people would strip them. They did. That's so crazy they to me that thought that shit. They did. The second thing is, people forgot who Patrick Mahomes is, right? And I told them this. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if he doesn't have Tyreek. He's going to find a way to get it done. The third thing is, right, he's the only quarterback that threw 40 touchdowns. The only yeah. one this year. Yeah, he threw, what, 41, huh? Yeah, 41. He's the only yeah. one. And the only one that threw 5,000 yards. With no Tyreek Hill. The team that people said was going to be nothing, right? He couldn't get it done. He has no weapons, right? How many different wide receivers did he throw to this year? Lee, My man was out there looking like Tom Brady, bro. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> he threw the MVS. He threw to... He threw in the championship game, both of his key wide receivers go down. Yeah, because he lost Miko Hardman. And, and he, he lost, lost Tony. Yeah. Oh, and Juju. Yeah, and Juju. He did lose Juju. Oh, he, lose, he lost all three of them. Oh, yeah, Juju in the first quarter. He lost Juju in the first quarter. find a way to pull it out. And that's why I tell people, Patrick Mahomes is very dangerous. You cannot sleep on a quarterback like that. He's a generational talent. I don't yeah. think, like people, when you look at Aaron Rodgers, right, he's a yeah. generational talent. But I think Patrick Mahomes and what he's doing is a cause of that, right? Yeah. It's a cause of seeing what this guy can do. Okay, what can I add to that? And now, and like I said, because some guys on my podcast said, if you put Lamar and and, and then KC, it makes the team better. Um, I was if on that put, episode, yeah. You put Patrick on What I'm saying is he makes them better in the run game. But can he, whether you blame it on Patrick or not, when the play gets broken, when you have to scramble, you don't have this space to run. And you're and you're getting pulled by your ankle. Can you make that throw? Patrick can. How many times have we seen him do a little flip pass to get himself out of trouble and it Man. completes it and it goes up the field? That's that's like that's his brain. Like, even if he caused that play or he didn't make the right read down the field when he had the earlier throw, he still f- makes something out of nothing, like out of nothing. So I knew that Patrick was just going to find a way to do it. And I'm not a, I, I love Patrick as a quarterback, I'm not a Cheats fan, I'm a Giants fan. But I just knew everybody putting that hate on him. Everybody putting that hate on him. Nah, he gonna he gonna show you guys like I don't need Tyreek. I don't need Tyreek. I can do this, and he did it. And you yeah. gotta get that man. Damn so there was an episode on the podcast, and I'm I'm uh I'm pretty sure you remember this uh GQ that we uh I sat there and said, yo, is it possible that with Tyreek leaving and things like that? Uh, and people didn't see this coming from Patrick Mahomes. Is it possible that he has been underrated in his career and how good he is as a quarterback? Because people see Patrick Mahomes and be like, well, if Tyreek Hill wasn't there, he wouldn't be doing this. And if Travis Kelsey wasn't there, he wouldn't have been doing this. But he's doing it still. So that's I, I'm pretty sure you remember that. And I was like, yo, it's possible that we underrated Patrick Mahomes as a quarterback, even though everybody had him, had him as a top five quarterback. Yeah, because oh, what, wow. what, we, what we got to see is a quarterback in a perfect situation. We don't get to see that very often. A quarterback yeah. that gets to take over the reins, but there's already an established team in place. You don't see that very often. Usually the quarterback kind of comes in, and they're still trying to add pieces here and there, mm-hmm. a couple of trades, you know, 
you know, like I said, Alex Smith was successful in this system. Oh, oh yeah. You know, you know, so was, but uh, was I wouldn't I, say the system is the same though. No, it's not. But I mean, the Similar. Way, Travis Kelsey was already there, and a couple mm-hmm. of other pieces were in place when Mahomes finally. People sleep on Alex Smith though. Yeah, and I don't. We oh, we look. We don't. We talk. People we, we sleep about, on Alex Smith. I don't. Right? I, we don't. Look, we don't know why, but you should. That's why. Like, not to go off topic, but that's why I don't like the way people talk about Jimmy Garoppolo. Because if you oh, look yeah. at Jimmy, if somebody really give him a chance, he can do the same thing. Oh, we're high over here on Jimmy G, bro. Right, like, we, we don't. We don't see Jimmy G. Right like now. you could call him a dink and dunker all you want, but most quarterbacks dink and dunk. Yeah. Most of the game is dinking and dunking. Five yards, ten yards are dinking and dunking. And running back on a flat or a curl, like there's dinking and dunking all over the place. So you could say he's that. He puts the ball downfield. But even when he's getting short yardage, he does it so efficiently. Mm-hmm. Right? Like if the if the if if the game wasn't blown off the lid, right? And they put Jimmy in it, 14-3 or whatever the score was, I think Jimmy goes down there and puts some points on the ball and makes it a game. He finds a way to get it done, especially with all the weapons that's around him. 100 percent like people, oh, he's a game. He's not even a game. No, he he can manage a game. Oh, it's the defense. Now you got to do some offense. I hate that argument. Oh, it's the defense. No, like they do the same thing with the Giants. Oh, that defense won. Nah, Eli put points on the board. Yep. Fun fact. Yep. People don't yep. know this. Yep. David Tyrese caught a touchdown in that game. But the helmet you know, catch game. Not a lot things. of people know that. I said it on my podcast, and they was like, "What? No, he didn't." I said, "Yes, he did." Eli threw him the ball. He caught a touchdown earlier in that game. And then he made the helmet catch. Because people were saying growing up, oh, he, he didn't have catches all year. That was his first catch all year. And it's like, nah, he caught a touchdown, bro. Yeah. Like, it's not yeah. just the defense. Do you do you see in the second one the way Eli, where Eli put that ball at to Mario Manahan? Man, oh, that's a beautiful that's one, the, that's one of the greatest throws ever. Yeah, that was he puts it ball. anywhere else, and Mario does not catch that ball. People no. don't understand. Yes, a great defense win you championship, but your offense has to be capable of putting points on the ball. It's why Aaron Rodgers lost to the 49ers previous year because he yeah. couldn't put points on the board to where their special team, the 49ers special team, was putting points on the board. Yeah. And By that, the way, that, sorry, sorry to rub it in your face, uh, Jay. <laughs> sorry to rub it in your face. Uh, we Giants fan around this motherfucker. That's right. I already know where you're going with that. Hey, hold on. Okay. I got to uh... – there, there go, Eli. Can't spell yeah. elite without Eli, bro. There go, there go Eli that. and there go David Tyrese, the helmet catch. There you go. Hey. There I ain't nothing wrong with it. No, I appreciate it, though. No, it, it, but, but it is true, though. That, that Mario Manningham throw, that Perfect catch over there, is very Perfect similar pass. to, if you go back and look at the um, the Arizona Cardinals-Pittsburgh Steelers game, the throw to Santonio Holmes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. If that ball is anywhere else, it ain't happening. Larry Fitzgerald goes down and probably ends up winning the MVP because of that beautiful touchdown they ended up winning mm-hmm. with. But, <laughs> but. I know what people love that San Antonio Holmes catch. I'm sorry, but the the James Harrison play was the best play at that Super Bowl, hands down. It just was. That interception return was just watching that was a beautiful thing. That um, a 300 plus pound man running all the way down the field and basically passing out from no oxygen was just a beautiful thing to me. I don't care. He didn't score. I stand by that. <laughs> I stand by that. He wanted his teammates a chance. Damn it, damn it, hey, let that man have it. James Harris is scoring, damn it. This is, this, 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 I'm on the opposite side of this one. Like when uh when I tell people all the time that Dez didn't catch it, like, yeah, he didn't know he didn't. <laughs> this is the opposite Green, Green Bay? Dan Harris didn't score that touchdown, bro. You talking about Green Bay? Yeah. No, he didn't catch that. Exactly. <laughs> so 
So speaking of the Giants, of course, you guys as coach Brian Dable did win coach of the year. Um, I'm happy about that. I, I, I wasn't opposed to it. I thought it was great because you took a team from. No, you know, no wide receivers. Yeah. You, and you so, still found a way to make it work. Yeah. And like, and, and only like, I'm not opposed to it. I also wouldn't have been mad if uh, Doug Peterson would have won it because you did take the Jaguars from irrelevance and Urban Meyer. And they nearly struggled just, early just, though. That, they that did. was the thing. They struggled early and then they started winning later on. They I think did. if they, if he came out and they, they were hot when they came out and yeah. they won a couple of games, then they went on like a losing streak like the Giants did because we lost like three straight, I think, or three or four yeah, straight. Was, yeah, over and then and then we got back to winning to where we we secured that, that spot. If it was something like that, then I could give it to you. But for Dayball to be his first year, to have the offense he thought he was going to have not even produce the no. way it is, all you really had was Danny Dines and Saquon Barkley. That's it. And a healthy Saquon at that. Right. And I, I was talking about Troy him at the beginning of the year, and I think I'm about to be right back on that sentiment in this offseason. Um, I, I'm, I, I, don't, I don't disagree. Yeah, I'd say, yeah, you got to get a wide value. Huh? Yeah, trade a wide value. Wide value's up. We need a number one wide receiver. We wide can get definitely oh, and snatch a Tony Pollard who could take, you know, 15 snaps a game running and we split it with another guy. Like, yeah. people don't understand that. I, would, I love Saquon, love his ability to run, but his legs are just not it. Yeah, so. and it, like, it's one thing when you have a, a generational running back, you know, like a Derrick Henry. You, you don't trade Derrick Henry. No, you, you don't trade Derrick Henry. No, you keep a Derrick Henry. Saquon, Unless you're blowing the team up, then you trade that. True. Cause you want to give, you know, you want to give him that Matthew Stafford treatment, give him his respect. He, he stayed with you, but you know, and I like Saquon. I do. I don't, but I don't, I don't consider, I don't put Saquon like I do like a Derrick Henry as far as that generational, like, you know, cause if you ask me who I'm taking in my prime, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry could have played in any era of football. I say and, that. And, and been that guy. I think if Saquon Barkley would have been healthier and played a lot more games, people would realize he's way better than Zeke. Oh, I, I still think he's better than Zeke. He's, he's way better. Oh, he's yeah. better than Zeke. You know, people argue better. it wouldn't be an argument. Listen, I will take this less than would 100%. Not be a debate. I'll take this less than 100% Saquon right now over Zeke. Period. Zeke has impressive season numbers. Don't get me wrong. Like, no, his career is nice career, does, but. But I don't. Looking at how Zeke runs now and how Saquon ran this year, I still would have been content. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, it would have been oh. easy for me to take Saquon. Hey, so, uh, hey, hey, Jay, should we bring it up? The comparison. That, that oh has been God, on the internet. Should we bring it up? Yes. I'm going to bring it up because I, I want to I actually do want to hear what Troy got to say about this. I, I actually, that actually do. So here we have um, what's going on right now. It's a hot topic. Everybody's comparing Ezekiel Elliott's first seven seasons to Terrell Davis' first seven seasons in the NFL. And they keep saying, well, if Terrell Davis is a Hall of Famer, Ezekiel Elliott should be a Hall of Famer. So I want to know what you think because I know where I stand. Let me do a little, a little research real quick. Right? <laughs> so you said the, the eight years, right? I don't, yep. care about, I don't care about the eight years, right? I hate, like, see, the thing with, with sports to be, right, it's, um, it's moments, moments, moments. That, like, that's the biggest thing to people is moments, moments. No, I, I like to look at the whole career. Like what they do in the whole career. That's why I don't, Mr. GQ, I don't like ranking active players. I just don't. I hate the argument now in today's sports world that we could rank active players and put them above guys that have done more in their career as a whole. You like know? how we had the, the Justin Jefferson conversation. 
Like now, people are trying to say Justin yeah. Jefferson is better than Jerry Rice. The reason why we can have a conversation, well, people have conversations <laughs> like that, is because Jerry Rice, it, Jerry Rice is undeniably the best, you know, wide receiver to, to come. It's like when people talk about the LeBron and Jordan, right? There ain't nobody that people are debating with like that with Jerry Rice. There is that debate comes with two, three, and four. Oh, I've never thought about it like that. That's crazy. I've never thought about it. Nobody debates Jerry Rice. It's always who if if, if T.O.'s better than Moss, is is life is Gerald better than 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 T.O. Like those three names is the three names that come next. People don't realize that. There's not a a wide receiver debate like a LeBron Michael Jordan debate, or people talking about this guy that came along is is the GOAT now, like Tom Brady. He can win nothing. No, there's no debate about Jerry Rice. Like, no debate at all. Like, this guy solidified himself in a time where it's not so past-centric like today. Right? It's not so past-centric like today. And he still put up numbers and had a career that no other wide receiver came close to. All I'm saying. Except for Larry Fitzgerald. If you were to put Jerry Rice in this past-centric league now. Oh, Jerry Rice killing everybody, bro. Jerry Rice, I'm telling you, Jerry Rice will have a 2,000-plus yard season. Easy. Because he was putting up these off-the-wall-ass numbers in an era where we cared more about the running backs and the fullbacks, for that matter, than we did really, like, airing it out like that. Like, you aired it out when you had a guy like that. If you didn't have a guy like that, you ran the ball. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what you did. Like, you know, the Broncos, of course, yes, they had Terrell Davis. They didn't have, like, you know, Shannon Sharp the whole time. Not the Shannon Sharp the world that we know about. Shannon Sharp built himself into that that wing back that became a tight end that became a downfield threat. Threat, right. So he had to build his game like that, but he also laid the foundation for the tight ends as we see them now. A guy like Travis Kelsey looks at film of a guy like Shannon Sharp because of what he was able to do in a non-pass happy era of football. Yeah. And he is taking full advantage. And I, I completely give kudos to all these receivers and whatnot in this era because it's pass happy. You should take advantage of it. That's what you should do. But I also give credit to running backs who are able to still be relevant in a pass happy, you know, league that we're in now. Like a guy like Nick Chubb would have been a monster in the 90s and the early 2000s. He's Mr. Consistent. He doesn't get talked about, but he's Mr. Consistent with his numbers. He does what he does. Same with Derrick Henry. He's a guy that you know what you're going to get. And that's, you know, that, but they're doing that in spite of the fact that we're in a pass happy league now as opposed to a run centric like we were back in the mm-hmm. like 80s going into about. We'll say 99, give or take, when we, when we really started, because the greatest show on turf was a good combination of, like, all yeah. the above. So back to the Ter- Terrell Davis versus Zeke, right? That's what the, the yeah. competition was. Yeah. Now, if you look at, like, the numbers, Zeke, Zeke has 8,262 yards with, you know, 68 touchdowns. Davis has 7,607 yards with 60 touchdowns. The biggest difference, right, when people be like, oh, if you're looking at the numbers, then Zeke should be a Hall of Famer. Zeke is a three-time Pro Bowl, a one-time All-Pro. I don't care about your Pro Bowls, right? It's the same thing with basketball. I don't give a damn about your Pro Bowls. I, well, same thing with basketball. I, I don't really time, care about your All-Stars, right? I don't, I don't care about your All-Star games, right? I care about your All-NBA teams and your All-Pro teams. That's what I care about, right? He has one All-Pro team, right? He was the Rookie of the Year for SNL, PFW, PF, like – Offense, okay. But when you go to somebody like TD and you look at a three-time All-Pro, two-time Super Bowl champion, an MVP, 
a Super Bowl MVP. People are, oh, but those are accolades. Those are accolades. No, that's his career. That's 2,000 yards in one season. Right. To that, right. Like, this is, no, this is his career. And then he's only played seven years. And he was in his last three, he barely played. Right. So five five years of his prime, in five years, he's a three-time All-Pro, an MVP, and a, a, a Super Bowl MVP with two Super Bowl champions in a 2,000-yard season. I don't think you could put Zeke in that category yet. No. And not to mention, TD was the best player on his team during a Super Bowl run. Like, if you look at the – when they did the 30 for 30 about that Broncos team – Elway talks about it. Shannon Sharp talks. They're like, dude, without TD, we don't get this Super Bowl. They don't talk about Zeke like that. They've never yeah, I mean, talked about Zeke like that. After his 2,000-yard season, dude dropped off the four games. He went from 16 to four games, then five games, then eight games. Right? But in the four-year stretch, it wasn't even five years. It was four. In the four-year stretch, four years, he's three-time All-Pro, a two-time Super Bowl champion, and the Super Bowl uh, MVP in the Super Bowl. That's crazy. Like, no, I'm not. Zeke Zeke is not in that category yet. People see, and that's what I, what I hate about you know fans is like they they only use what gives them the edge. Yep, that's the only thing they only use. They see that his stats is better than Terrell Davis, so now they think, oh, he can stay with Terrell Davis because he has better stats. And no, you got to add the things that what he's done in those seasons. What did they lead to? They yeah. lead, yes, they lead to accolades. But if you're not the best in something or the best at doing it that year, you're not going to get any of these accolades. He was the best at doing something. Three times he was all pro. So that means he's one of the best running backs in the, in the league. Three times. Right? He was an MVP, which means he was the best player. Mm-hmm. And, and his peers, the people around football, he was the best player in the league once. And then he won a, a Super Bowl MVP, which would, which would mean he, he was, was the best, best player in that Super Bowl. Yeah. Right? You give me that same for Ezekiel. No. Give me the because- same for the thing with the thing with the I always call it the casual fan versus the football historian or the sports historian in general. Not all numbers look alike. Right. No. Because here here's something that's crazy is like, okay, we know that Andrew Luck had a shortened career, right? Mm-hmm. So if Patrick Mahomes was to retire after Sunday's Super Bowl, he's still a first ballot Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Oh, without a because doubt. Of, because of we talked about it. What he's done in a short time period is first of all, he's been to the AFC championship five times. He's been to the Super Bowl three times. He's working on trying to win a second one. He's won one. He's trying to win a second one. And he's also been an NFL MVP twice now. And he's been to pass the twice. So he could literally stop playing after Sunday. And he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Oh, for shit, sure. Yeah. If, if Zeke retires today, he's not going to the Hall of Fame. Period. It's not happening. He won't even get consideration in my in my book. He wouldn't get consideration. Not there's. He's done nothing to warrant consideration when I look at other running backs who who have played before him. Like, he's – I don't even know what word how to describe Zeke. Like, I don't – I would never Zeke – would, Zeke would probably be, like, the 15th running back I might choose to start my franchise with. Like, I can probably still think of other running backs I would use before him. Zeke's best season was his rookie year. After yeah. that, the closest – That's where I was going to go to. But his third year, but, and after but, that – but see, here's the thing about you know how we talk about not all numbers, not all numbers, you know, looking like right. His rookie year, his entire offensive line was an all-pro offensive line. Offensive um, line, right? The entire. Terrell Davis's line. first four years went over 1,500 yards three times. Go look at where the Broncos' offensive line ranked during those seasons compared to the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys had a top three offensive line the first four years. Yeah. The Broncos, that was not the case. 
In Zeke's first three years, he's rushed over fifteen hundred yards once, and that was his rookie year. Exactly. He's only ever rushed over fifteen hundred yards. Zeke once. has declined and that every was his rookie year. Rookie season, he's declined every year. Yeah, he his his yards his yards per game went down after his. Rookie oh, he don't year get as year. many touches no more. Because what do you think they see from this guy in practice that they're not giving him touches? Why is Tony Pollard get more touches? Like. You understand, Mel says that Tony Pollard is not a Tony Pollard is not a heavy, you know, running back. You can use him 15, 20 runs, like, but you're not gonna run this guy 20, 30 times. No, I don't can't. know. I don't we, know. We, we don't know, but he's we, he's not as big as your prototypical running back that would run right. like like 25. He's elusive. He is very he can much get so down elusive. the field. He oh he has big plays, and that's what I'm saying. And he's also you a former, he's a former receiver. We forget, right. we forget about that. Like if, he's a if, if Dallas can find the mixture, make the right potion, right, to mix Zeke and him together, they'll have an unstoppable two-headed monster like the Browns did with yes, Kareem um, and Nick, Nick Chubb. But they just don't utilize – I would give I would give some people that. They don't utilize Zeke the way he is, but Zeke also is not running the same the way he did. No. He's not like, running, Zeke isn't running his, the same. His rookie year, when he hit you, he fell forward. Now he's getting hit and he's getting stood up and put down. Yeah, like, nah, he used to run people here and run. No, he's getting stopped in the backfield, and we've never really seen him get stopped in the backfield. He used to run cats over and still at least get you, you know, three, four yards off of that. That's not the case anymore. And then, so, yeah. So, moving on, moving on down that list, of course, we had the comeback player of the year being Geno Smith. Oh, we respect it 100%. Yeah, I was, I was, I was happy for Geno Smith because. Gino, Gino's had a very a very interesting career, and it was nice to see him have a renaissance of a career, you know, this particular season. Mm-hmm. I think he's I think he's the perfect quarterback for Pete Carroll and the Seahawks. Yeah, for now. He, he, well, he, hey, he fits what they want to do right now, which is get ready to build. Girl, you're making a lot of noise. All right, Kalissa, Kalissa, you, you got to calm down now, Ma. Come on, come on. Relax. Get this keyboard up real quick. Man, she, that's why I had to turn the keyboard off, because she'd been typing, ty- typing in the chat or something. <clears throat> Dumagama, Dumagama juice. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you can't hear me, but I can write it out for you. Like, I only want you to do that. But yeah, so I was cool with that. I mean, I'm, don't get me wrong. I, you know, I, I wouldn't have been mad if either Saquon or CMC would have got it either. I understood it because both of them came back from, you know, you know, freak injuries, significant injuries. But, but Gino took a team that didn't make the playoffs and then they made the playoffs the following season. Granted, you know, but I don't think, think, I think it's that. I just think it's strictly what he went through these last couple of years and then having this type of performance where he was outperforming yeah. early in the season, elite quarterbacks. Yeah, he outperformed the former from Seattle. He, right. He, like, Russell Wilson looked like... I don't know. Russ, gonna, he going to be let's no, ride no. next year. With, uh, no, no. With I was so, no we just, just, but last season, my man was looking like he's doing his best Zach Wilson impression. He was uh he was doing his best Johnny Menzel. I couldn't even call him Russ. I was just gonna call him Zach. Man, it was bad. Was man, his, he, his best Tim Tebow. Oh, hey, man, look. Hey, at least Tim Tebow was scoring. I, I, I'll say this, man. Do the who? And, and Jay knows. I have always been a big Geno Smith fan. I didn't care. I love Geno. Geno has been disrespected for too many years just because he's not an elite quarterback. He's not a top ten this and that. But man, all these people out here where they're like. He's a game manager. He's a game manager. Well, Gino's more than a game manager. He will throw you to some wins. Mm-hmm. And that is a fact. But see, this is what I always say. No matter what sport we're talking about, it's all about system and opportunity. Yep. That's all it's about. It's about the system. Do you fit in my system or the system? And how much opportunity are you getting? 
That's with, with any sport. Like, you can have a guy that will go out there and win you a game on your bench, but you just don't know because you're not giving him an opportunity. And you see it a lot when a guy switches a team. Like, look at uh, Tony. We traded him off of the, the wide receiver. We, uh, oh, yeah, Kadarius Tony. yeah. Kadarius Tony. He went to the Chiefs and instantly started making an impact. You know what I'm saying? Like, but he wasn't doing that on the Giants. It's system. And if you're getting the time or the, the, the respectable chance to, to show you something, a lot of people don't get that. A lot of people, opportunity, the opportunity and the system has to be right. And you have to be able to get opportunity. That's why you can yep. hear a switch of subjects, a guy like Peyton Pritchard off the Boston bench yep. talk about when this is over, I want more opportunity. Like, that's yep. what people and, are looking for. Hey, and he was they he was discussed in in the in the trades for the during the NBA trade deadline. Yes, look. Team teams were actually interested in Peyton Pritchard because yeah, know, because he's, he's a good player. He is, and he and he showed what's his ceiling. We don't know. Yeah, but he but he but he showed he showed a lot of his worth at least to to Boston when they put him in the game, and then all of a sudden he's making these plays. You're like, who is this guy? Who's oh, I love his guy? defense. I was supposed yes. to, and this this is the the curse about being like the lead guy is like. I gotta worry about so much shit. Like sometimes I forget. I, I watched the the Boston played uh, the Hornets a couple of weeks ago, maybe last month, early last month, back to back. They played mm-hmm. one in Boston, I think, yep. and one in one in one in Charlotte. And Peyton Pritchard's defense was fire, bro. And I have timestamps on my breakdown to go and clip it at, but I just never got around to clipping it. So now I think I'm gonna I'm gonna write it down right here, and I'm gonna make sure I go put that video together. So thank you, Mr. GQ. Yeah, I, I got you. I'm I'm here for it. So we go to our offensive player of the year was Justin Jefferson. I mean, you can debate that. You can be happy about it, be upset about it. You know, however you feel about it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, like, I mean, it's fine. Cause yeah, I mean, it, it mean if you go look at his. Stats are not everything, but stat can if you look at stats the right way, they can they can lead you to a guy's production, right? Yeah. We all know Justin Jefferson did get shut down in games this year. That's, yes, you know, we know that. We we definitely know that. He also made a couple of spectacular plays, especially in that right. game. When he took the ball out off that guy's yeah. hands when the guy should have just swatted the damn ball away. Yeah. But instead he wanted to try to intercept it. You go you gotta understand, yeah. you know, when it's time to hold him and when it's time to fold him. Yeah. And, and what I've learned from, and you probably noticed this trend too, what I've noticed that they'll pretty much use offensive player of the year for is for the best non-quarterback because they, even though they, they tried to put Justin Jefferson in the MVP conversation, first of all, he was not going to win that MVP. Yeah. So they're like, all right, let's give him offensive player of the year because he's not going to win the MVP anyway. So that, but like I said, I'm not, I'm not upset about it. I was upset that they was gonna try to give it to Brock Purdy at one point because I was like, "Hold on, he got a small body of work. Like you can't, you can't give that small body of work over a full season of body of work. Like you can't, you can't justify the two. And then that was just not gonna work. But they were gonna try it though. I think, I think, uh, excuse based on the numbers, because Justin Jefferson was was on on pace at one point to break Cooper Cup's record last year. Obviously, he a, he was, yeah, he was on a historic, a historic. He was on. A, Dumb pace, but I mean, he's like the third wide receiver to record 18,000 yards and yeah. something else. I forget what it was, but he, he, he's J- Justin Jefferson is one of those plays where I'm just like, the talent is there and everything is there, and everybody still finds a but, <laughs> like, exactly. and it's just like, it's annoying. I don't, I don't know if he's. 
I don't know if it's a mentality or what it is. It might not be his mentality. It just might be, just might be who he is. He doesn't seem to have that. I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna kill whoever the best player on the field is on defense. He doesn't seem to have that. He seems like he's just a overly talented guy that so happens to play football and he's one of the best. That's what he seems like to me. Yeah. See, we was talking about it on the pod yesterday, and Mel was like, "Oh, but you know, because I say, <clears throat> excuse me, he caught 128 passes." Oh, but he, he got targeted 184 times. He averaged yards target was um hold on. Reception yards per target was 10. Right? So that means he's he's getting up the field, it's 10 yards. I mean, and then plus he can give you yards after the catch. But what I said to him is we all gotta stop acting like Kirk Cousins is an elite quarterback. That's true. We know what Kirk Cousins is. We know what the Vikings are going to do. They're going to fold them a lot of times. They ain't holding them. They're folding them. So when you have an average quarterback, what are you? What is when when a guy goes down, the backup comes in. What is that backup told to do? Get the ball to get the ball to that guy. Get the throw, when you throw it, you just throw it to him, and you give him a chance to catch. That's all you you throw it to the best guy. That's what the Vikings do. They throw it to their best guy. Yep. Kirk Cousins is an average quarterback who throws it to his best guy. Best guy, that's it. Yeah, and we and me and me and uh DJ Mike be talking about it all year. We're like, Luke, the Vikings are the most fraudulent team in the NFL. And it showed in the playoffs real quick. People <laughs> hey, like, oh, I don't think anybody in the mind picked the Vikings to beat to beat the Giants, bro. Except, like everybody knew that we was like, this is the end of the Vikings. We all knew it. We all knew it was gonna happen. We well, all knew it. Because we're rational football people, but yeah. Of course, Except for the state, except for Minnesota fans who probably were like, "Yeah, this is going to be our year," and it's like, "Nah, fam, it's really not." No. Because they're similar to Cowboys fans; they're just not as loud. That's I'll give you that. Because listen, even if somehow, some way, they would have gotten past the Giants, they would have got their ass blown the fuck out in the second round. Oh yeah, like blown out. And so I'm glad they lost. They would have got the did. same ass when we got. Uh, you didn't have to bring it up, man. You didn't hey, have listen, to I'm a real fan. We got to ask it. We got to ask it. Oh, no, man. We got to ask it. It's all good. Yeah, yeah, there's no way to check it, DJ. There's no but, way to check it. But the Vikings' defense is terrible, so they probably would have got it worse. For sure. <laughs> at least the Giants' defense was at least above average. Yeah, they didn't have a really good offensive game. The, Viking, the Vikings' defense, really good the, 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 the Vikings' secondary was ass. That's why they hired Brian Flores to hopefully fix that. Their secondary was straight ass, though. Oh, that's what he had now? That's what he yeah. just got hired at? Oh, okay, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, that just happened uh, two days ago. Oh, okay. What? Yeah, whoa, what? Uh, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Come on now. Look, D- DJ Michael B. I tell you, I stay on top of these news articles, man. I'm always... Yeah, you, you yeah. do. It was ridiculous. So, so Brian Flores was being linked to Arizona, and then all of a sudden Minnesota called because him and um him and the head coach have a relationship. Mm-hmm. So he ended up over there in Minnesota, and now he's a defensive coordinator in Minnesota. He was Minnesota. like, listen, Black Floyd, we understand what you went through. With you with the Dolphins and what they did you and they told you to do, we understand. But look, we're not gonna hold that against you. We want you to come over here, focus on football. You know, drop the lawsuit, but focus on football. <laughs> drop the lawsuit, just focus on football. You feel me? You getting opportunities. He gonna keep getting opportunities, bro. Yeah, because because I mean, he, he he ended the year on the Steelers staff, so I mean, he was yeah. you know, he's not. It's not like he didn't have a job. Um. Brian Flores is a very good coach, bro. And, and he really is. Like, he just got used as a scapegoat. Man, you want to get him dirty. Hey, GQ, take this 150000 man. Just take a vacation or something. Nah, fam. 
Don't, don't get us no more wings. Don't get us no more wings. <laughs> no, nah, I'm doing. I'm doing with uh Lovey. Lovey, what, was it Lovey? Yeah, yeah, Lovey Smith. I'm doing what Lovey did. Going out on a two two game win streak. Fuck your I, first round pick. You gonna fire round me pick. anyway? You gonna fire me anyway? You ain't getting no first round pick. Drop down to two, ho. That's what happened. I would have fucking been colluding with other teams. But let me just win this game, bro. Let me just win this game. I want the first round pick. They're going to fire me. Let me, let, me, let me drop this pick down about the fifth round pick. Listen, listen. Let me let me beat y'all. Let me beat y'all. Let me, let me beat y'all. I need, I need five wins. That's what I need. I need five wins and we're good. You know what? I am from Houston. Leave my head coach alone, dog. <laughs> well, look. They better do They better do right by D'Amico Ryan, damn it. That's all I'm saying. Oh, they better, oh, oh, they better do right by D'Amico. I don't trust no organization. They give you a job for five years, you be there half a year, and you gone. Fuck. They just be giving yeah. away money because you still got to pay that salary. 100%. Yep. Of course, defensive player of the year was Nick Bosa. There was, I mean. I, I don't think there's anybody you can make an argument for over Nick Bosa. Well, like, I'm not sure they were saying Fred. They said a couple of other guys on the show. Fred like Fred Warner? Yeah. Oh, but okay. even Fred even Fred said, you know, Nick Bosa was the best. Um you can't get it to a guy. You can't give it to a guy. He said another guy's the best. Gotta no. look right. No, hundred percent. Of course, um, the New York Jets, them punk ass Jets. I hate the Jets. Saucy. Uh, but uh, Mr. Saucy. Yeah. So you had Sauce Gardner no. and Garrett Wilson both win the rookies of the year, offensive and defensive, respectively. Uh, Sauce Gardner basically replicated what he did his last year in college. Did not give up a touchdown very much. Didn't give up a lot of catches in general. Sauce proved he really got the sauce. Sauce got the drip. He for got the grip. <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's... All I'm going to ask is for how long? Because we can say the same about Josh Norman. Yeah, and we know Jaylen what Ramsey has done fell off. Yeah. Well, I was well, now, well, well, now, well, now Josh Norman is most notably being known for Derrick Henry throwing his ass out of bounds. Hey, <laughs> hey like, Jalen Ramsey got got didn't Jalen Ramsey get one of those mushes too from Derrick Henry? Yeah, but but that one from but that one. Oh, he took, yeah, I understand. Like, he took him he, off his he, feet. He pulled he pushed him from the outside shoulder and threw his ass like he he, he went out he, my way. he was like I believe I can fly. <laughs> <laughs> like Derrick Henry like, was like yeah. you sure can. Like my man's cleats came untied mid air like it was right. That bad. He, he like, didn't change uh, clothes mid air. He going he on a flight. He ready for the yeah. flight home. And then, of course, I always like to talk about this award because it just—I I just think it's one of the best things that the NFL does. Um, Dak Prescott winning the Walter Payton Man of the Year. I love the award. I, I love that the NFL does that. Um, I just—I like that we're able to highlight something that's not ne- not really related to football. Yeah, off the court. You know, yeah, yeah, we get yeah. to get some off because say what you want about Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, we can talk about them forever. But then you start looking at what these individuals do off the field, and you're like. Hey, that's a really stack. And Dak Prescott is a stand-up guy, and we know this. Prescott like, is really he, – he's really an amazing person, bro. I mean – He's just an average quarterback. He's just an average quarterback. He's an average quarterback. quarterback. But but I would have gave, gave it to Baker Mayfield because he was he was so charitable this year. So charitable. I mean, but so was Derek Carr. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, split it. Co-existence won't pay him, man. Derek Carr, throw Josh Allen in my – everybody is so charitable. Look, Hey. Away so much, you know, because Danny Dons wasn't in that conversation. Bro, somebody oh said, uh, somebody said that they could have gave uh, Derek Carr, um, they could have gave him a defensive player of the year for all the picks either. Oh right. my god, because he was sure helping the defense out. Bro, I don't know what happened to Derek. Derek sure looked a lot like David this year. Yeah, Mel goes crazy when I call him David. 
Oh, he do. He when I say it, I'm fucking. When I say it, I'm fucking crazy. Hey man, listen. I believe. When I in, say he plays like his brother, I'm crazy, DJ. I believe I in Carlos. I'm about to text him right now, but like, man. Over and over again. He really did, but like DJ Michael be a tell you, I'm a big component of call a spade a spade. If that's what if that's what the fuck you look like, that's what the fuck I'm gonna call you. You're fucking right. <laughs> like I'm not finna sugarcoat it. If you look like your brother, which we know your brother being known for being on his back more than on his feet, that's what I'm gonna call you. No, I'm texting him right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. texting him right he, now, he, like bro, you not gonna like, like, you not gonna like DJ, bro. Hey, hey, I tell you what, if you want a rebuttal and he say this and that, you can go ahead and send him like, come on and tell me now because I want to see what you, I want to know what he saw to not be called David because there's no way. So I want to talk about this because uh, DJ Michael B brought it to my attention this morning and I don't, I don't know how I missed this story. So you actually did beat me on this. You caught me with a sham real quick because I missed this story completely. But so Michael Irving was taken off of, NFL Network, as far as off of the Super Bowl pod, uh, I'm sorry, Super Bowl broadcast, because of an incident that was not an incident in the hotel. So he had an interaction with a fan that they tried to call an altercation, but it actually wasn't. But it was perceived by on top of that, yeah. So it was perceived by the um at the hotel, like Hotel Renaissance, whatever the fuck the hotel is called, that it was a sexual misconduct and sexual assault situation. To where now I don't know if you saw this. I read this. I found another couple articles after the fact. Michael Irving is actually suing them for hundreds of millions of dollars behind this because you start throwing them kind of allegations around on somebody like, hey, man, now you're starting to fuck oh, with that's my character. A, that's a rich like, black man. Ain't yeah, like, reputation. That man has worked entirely too hard to build the reputation that he has to be the man he is for you to drop something like that on him that's false. So shout out to that fan that came out and was like, hey, I saw this whole thing last night. Like, their, their whole interaction was like 30 seconds long like it wasn't even that serious like he shook her hand he kept a arm's length distance away and i'm like all right like i was just baffled by this article when you sent it to me this morning oh mulich mulich wrote back and he said hey ether your whole point <laughs> but, that, but they never eat their mind i'm about to tell them that but you don't eat the mind <laughs> um to, to, to the michael strahan thing bro uh I am very, I'm very happy that the fan came out and said what he said because you already know had the fan not came out, it would have just went downhill from there. So what like, happened? Oh, man, Michael Strahan, this, that, this, that. But the fan came out and was like, look, bro, they talked for 30 seconds. He shook the hand. They went about their way. That's all it was. So what Michael happened? Strahan, Tell me. Him and everything. Clear it so, up for me. So, all right, so I got the backstory for you. So I'm going to pull it live article from TMZ Sports. So for those who uh, who sleep under a rock like Patrick Starr, let me put y'all on game real quick. So basically saying that, um, so this this fan, uh, Phil Watkins, was hanging out, with his, hanging out with his friends, taking photos, and, you know, where Michael Irving was saying, and he said as they walked outside, they saw that Michael Irving was approached by a woman as he was trying to go to the elevator. So sources say that close to Irving said this woman who is the woman who made the allegations against him. So what what the fans saw was a positive, friendly conversation. They had a brief interaction. It was 30 to 40 seconds. He kept his distance. He stood about a meter away from her. And then they ended it with a handshake. And he literally turned around and went and went to the lift. The hotel, on the other hand, a hotel staff member saw it and saw the interaction and claimed that he was it was a, um, a sexual misconduct situation. Mm. I mean, that's the world we live in now. Yeah. 
And that and that's unfortunate because it's in the middle of Super Bowl week. So now Michael Irving in the middle of his Super Bowl broadcast is now having to be pulled off of off of live TV type of shit. You know, like that right there. I'm like, nah, fam, I'm finna get all my coins back because you done cost me a bunch of bread right now. Hey, I'm suing for my whole contract. I'm trying to tell you exactly because this is how much I was supposed to make. This is how much money I lost. I want this plus plus fees and interest. I do this. Mel Mel Boo said I need to stop playing devil's advocate. It makes me look like a fool. Um, but I'm gonna look at the other side of it. How much do you put on the NFL for taking him off of that without doing an investigation? I put a lot because the NFL is notorious for trying to gather the facts, and usually they try. I'm gonna say try because it ain't always the case. They usually try to get the facts before they make a decision, especially when you're dealing with a TV personality. That's a whole different, whole different thing. It's not an active player. This is a TV personality that works mm-hmm. for your network. I think um, they pulled him just to be cautious because it's kind of like, okay, it's too much. There's too much going on. There's too much going on right now for them to launch a full full scale investigation. So they were like, look, it's better to be safe than sorry. I get it. But. That's like, she now asking questions later, but you already killed the man. But uh, uh, on top of that, Y'all are football historians. Y'all know Michael Irvin obviously wasn't the greatest stand-up citizen when he was playing for the Cowboys either. So they're just trying to cover their tracks just in case, and it's going to get them in trouble because he could sue for it all. He can. He probably did. What you're going to hear for the next couple of weeks was, if there was a white guy, would they have done it? Unfortunately, that's what they're going to hear. Who knows? Ben got to stick around a whole career. Who knows? I'm just, I'm just. Playing I mean, that. I'm just playing. He didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was innocent the whole time. He was Ray Lewis guy. didn't do anything either. Yeah, stand, stand up guy. Neither, you know, neither did Ray Rice and you know. Ed, and no, Ray, Ray Lewis, Gordon. I don't think did anything though. No. no, no, I said Ray Rice. No, I said Ray Lewis the first. That's yeah, I, but, uh, I don't think Ray Lewis. I think his boys did it. He didn't. Fair enough. So, I read it. I'm a justice major. All right? I checked it out. If you, I went and looked at the police reports. That's what I did. Right. People don't do their research, man. Yeah. So I had one other NFL topic I wanted to jump on before we um kind of start to wind down a little bit. This kind of this has been rumbling, but now that it's finally in writing, I'm actually rather intrigued by it. So the Ravens are going to tag Lamar, but they could be tempted to trade him in the offseason. If the right offer comes along. It does Lamar have a so when a play because that means the team owns his rights, right? Correct. If they so if they use you've got the exclusive franchise tag and then you got your traditional. So the exclusive meaning that if you if if he's traded, there's some picks involved. Whereas with the traditional, he can't be. It's just kind of like um he's just going to get paid. I think right now the he the, the tag for that is like 40 42 mil for a year for the quarterback's franchise tag. So I'm like, so you're gonna pay this man 42 million for one season, and you still gotta pay him a long-term deal after the fact. But they're not, they're not, they're not giving him a long-term deal. They 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 should, but I don't know if they're going. Yeah, to. and I understand people are mad at him for turning down at two, what was it, two sixteen or two twenty, something like that. Yeah, somewhere in there. I mean, if I saw if I saw Deshaun Watson's contract, I would be considering. Yeah, I mean, if I saw Deshaun Watson just get all these massages and get away with it, and he got all this money with all those massages. 
Nah, I want I want some massages and money too. <laughs> like you telling me, you telling me, look, my, you don't want to give me the massages, nigga. Give me more money. That's I good. Not, I'm saying if I'm Lamar. All I'm saying is my MVP should be at least worth 200 mil. Oh, shit. You know what's funny? You, you, should ask, you should ask Mr. GQ about my damn fantasy football names, dog. Oh, man. This man is the – he is this man is, is one of the greatest with fantasy football names. Oh, my God. This man oh, is – everything is revolved around something Houston-related, but it is – Oh, my God. Like, this year, this year was uh Houston Happy Endings – and back for massages. That's right. <laughs> back massages. Because he back. He in the back room getting a massage right now. He back and it's guaranteed? Oh. We give him LeBron treatment. I'll know? be there tomorrow. Here's an NBA for you. Here's one for you. Hey, don't, don't, for hey, you. don't forget, don't, don't forget my original team team name was Houston NDAs. There you oh. go. NDAs. Oh, I rub the A's. That's what they're gonna call them. Rub the mm -hmm. A's. Yeah. Rub, like... rub me out the A's. There you go. Because the show stop getting massages, y'all stupid. That, that guy still get massaged. Yeah. Hey, uh, seriously though, with uh Lamar Jackson, part of the problem with Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson acts as his own representative and he doesn't have and his mother, yeah. Agent. Yeah, so um they're trying to stick him because of it, and I think he he's not he's just gonna go somewhere else. Cause you you're gonna see a new age with players. It's like, yo, I can represent myself. Like I can talk money myself. Like, yeah, you want to pay me, pay me. Like I'm not gonna take what what you gonna pay me. Now I gotta pay this guy. So nah, pay me directly. Correct. Guys are starting to get like more intellect. Like nah, why would I go to through the? Why would I have a middleman when I could just do it directly? And, and that's what, what Lamar is doing. What I and what I'm seeing, and I won't be surprised if this happens, is when the when the NFL goes back to the drawing board and does their next uh, CBA. If I'm the players. I'm advocating for this one very particular thing. I can only be franchised one time in my entire career. No, per team. Per I, team. I would I would say once in my career if I'm the players. I want to. I don't want to go to different teams. Then you hand you handy you handicapped other teams though. Like that that that, that sounds like a team problem. Should have paid my money. Then nobody's gonna really stay on teams for too long. Everybody gonna be bouncing around. Man. Well, you you can only be the NBA, which is oh, fine because the NBA everybody bounces around. And teams, and teams, bounce around. Teams, on, teams only have one one franchise tag to use anyway. Right, a year though. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying like if I'm the players, I'm saying that I as the player can only be franchise tag once in my career. No, I understand that. I'm saying once in my career per team. So if I spend 13 years on this team, they can only in that 13 years franchise tag me once. But if I get traded to another team and they want to hold on to me, they can franchise tag me once. Like, it's up to them to franchise tag me, but it's only once. And after that, you can't franchise. So, so if I'm here for another five years, you franchise tag me my second year because I, I got a one-year deal left, guess what? You're going to have to pay me for the next three years. So I'm with you, but I don't think it's just once because then it, it, I think you you shrink you shrink what teams can do with players and their money. Well, and, and I'm... I'm I'm all more I'm also more about you know what can you know about players taking care of themselves because yeah one hundred percent teams at the end of the day are still gonna try to get the best deal the best bargain whatever the case might be so I'd like that's to avoid that if 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 at all like you know and I feel and I hate that for certain players like you know Kirk Cousins is a prime example I'm not saying he should have got the you know bunch but 
Kirk Cousins was franchise tax twice, back to back. And then yeah, still, they paid a whole bunch of money though. Still ended up going to another team and getting a fully guaranteed deal. So why why would I but allow see, you Washington to franchise me a second time? But that's what I'm saying. If Washington could only franchise a friend, I can't even fucking talk. Franchise tagged them once, right? Now that second time they would have franchised him, they would have either had to let him go or pay him his money. That's what I'm saying. I'm with yeah. you. You he shouldn't be franchised the same by two team by the same team. But now if he goes to the Vikings, signs a deal with the Vikings, and then all oh, his contracts up, and the Vikings want to franchise uh, franchise tag him. He they shouldn't be hindered from trying to franchise tag him to see what their future withholds. If they want to go his route and pay him long term money, or if they want to try to find somebody else to bring him in. I mess with that. I mess with that. Yeah. Not, I, the more I, I, I'll, I'll be rational and think about that. And I'm rock. I can rock with that. <laughs> but I'm I just trying to make it fair for everybody. Well, the billionaires don't like to play fair. Right. But now it's fair on both ends for them and the players. You just, you got to give them something that's not enticing. They're not going to give you a piece of the pie. If you don't give them a reason to give you a piece. Of the pie. Yeah. hundred percent. So yeah, like I said, I saw that article earlier and I was like, man, I got to bring that up. Cause that was actually a, I kind of like that. Like I was like, hmm, Lamar being traded. Interesting. I hope so. Well, but but he'll end up he'll end up getting franchised if they can't agree to a long term deal. But I I wonder, I truly wonder what the actual difference is in the numbers. Like, does he want does he want Deshaun Watson's exact contract or does he want something similar? Like, what's the? I'm curious to know just how like close and or far off it actually is because. John I, I really believe it's over guaranteed money because Deshaun Watson's contract is fully guaranteed, yeah. and which, which, which is a ridiculous number for fully guaranteed money. It is. I mean, and, and the Ravens have – this is the only thing I'll say. The Ravens do have right to push back be, simply because the last two seasons, the injuries that they've dealt with. And Lamar has missed multiple games, and it has, you know, caused issues for the team. But on the flip side of that, they still have yet to surround Lamar with an actual offensive coordinator that is not a run game guy and actual competent receivers to actually be comparable. Like when Lamar won the Heisman in college, he didn't have a true number one. When he won the MVP in the NFL, his true number one was Marquise Hollywood Brown. Give this man an actual team with actual weapons outside of Mark Andrews. And let's see what, you know, let's actually unlock, let's unlock, you know, Lamar Jackson and see what Lamar really is. You seen that he got he improved in his throwing. People say he can't throw. He came out there start throwing laser dots, wobbly I mean, ones, but they were making it. But it's true. But I mean, look at a prime example is look at this Super Bowl. Look at what happened when you surrounded Jalen Hurts with the right talent. Yeah, you got him, AJ AJ Brown, and like that defense got bolstered. You know yeah, that like, offensive line is nice. That running game is nice. Because right now Lamar has to do the same thing that Josh Allen does. They have to carry their teams respectively, which means. They live and die by the one position on the field, which is the quarterback. Like, the Ravens' defense isn't bad, but they had a lot of injuries, and they never really were the same after last year with all the injuries. They were just kind of like, we'll say middle of the pack. But then bringing in Roquan Smith was great because that's one of the most consistent tacklers in all of football. Yeah. Like, my man don't miss very often. That ain't really his – that ain't his game. No, it ain't his game at all. I, I was surprised the Bears let him go, but, you know, you know whatever. Bears suck. The Bears have sucked since they went to the Super Bowl. That's why Jay Cutler didn't. And you know what? I like I actually like Jay Cutler when he when he was when he was in Chicago just because of uh 
That's Brandon why he, just, he always looked uninterested. Like this. Yeah, they always captured like this man. That was that was man. born with God given talent, and he know he can do it. And because he can do, he's just gonna roll out of bed and go do it. And he has no will to do anything. No. Other than chill. Like, I feel like while this man has been retired, that man has probably been smoking joints every day. Oh yeah, for sure. That man probably just walk around hiding a bitch. So, yep. So that was good. That's that, I wanted to make sure we kind of got that. It's, it's funny speaking of the Bears. I'm sure y'all been reading about all the Justin Fields stuff because I'm curious to see what the Bears gonna do with the with this high ass draft pick. I hope they trade Justin Fields. We'll take him in Houston. You think they would really trade Justin Fields? I, bro, that's some bear shit. Carolina <laughs> better go out and fucking grab that, him. That's some bear shit though. That is some bear shit because I mean they did also. <laughs> They did also pass up on on the drafting Deshaun Watson and you know Patrick Mahomes at one point. Because... That's what I'm saying. That's that's just that just sounds like what the Bears would do. Yeah, because you 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 know the Bears thought Mitch Trubisky was that guy. <laughs> Mitch Trubisky is that guy, man. For who? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, he the guy for Jesus, man. No nah, man, Mitch Trubisky was never that guy. Like I watched. I'm not gonna lie, bro. You know, you know, like sometimes when guys come out of college and you're like, yeah, he's gonna be this and that, blah blah blah. And you're like, yeah, and then they don't pan. I'd be like, damn, man, I really thought. No, I no, there was never a bone in my body that thought Mitchell Trubisky was going to be a good quarterback in the NFL. Not even a little bit. I, I watched, don't know what they saw in this dude. I watched him play in college, and I was like, so you mean to tell me, you think watching this small sample size, like ten games of Mitch Trubisky? Is better than Deshaun Watson winning a national championship, beating Alabama, or better than Patrick Mahomes having one of the best Big Twelve games between him and Texas and him and uh, Baker Mayfield and company at that point in time when they combined for like a thousand yards, some other crazy shit. And I'm like, no, no. Not only that, here's the best one. My favorite example of this is Lamar Jackson is the perfect example of being a black quarterback and being stereotyped because I was sitting there on draft. They talking about what are y'all doing? Nobody's going to draft Lamar Jackson. Not a single person. Are y'all crazy? Come on, man. They wanted that I, man to change positions. Bruh, they, wanted, they wanted him to play running, running back. And uh, I think they said safety or some shit like that. Yeah. I was like, this man won a Heisman trophy playing quarterback. Why the fuck would he change positions? Lamar Jackson, and even in college, had all the tools. You saw him pick apart defenses in college, passing the ball. Then you saw him running the ball too. He had every, he had all the makings. But to be fair, a lot of Heisman Trophy winners these past twenty years. Well, I've been, I'm, I'm going to be thirty three this year. So the past thirty years in my lifetime, a lot of Heisman winners don't pan out. But Lamar Jackson had the right tools you look for in a quarterback. He had good decision making. He didn't just run to run. You know what I'm saying? Like he 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 had the components, and I'm just like, come on, dog. I think Lamar's gonna be great. And there you go. <laughs> He's been great. Yeah. No, hundred percent. Give get him the money, man. Flowers. Get him in his flowers. Get him in his money. Oh, somebody gonna give it to him because Josh Allen got paid, and Josh Allen ain't got no MVPs. That's all I'm saying. I think Pete Carroll. Goes after Lamar hmm. because same thing with Gino. Gino's a lesser version of like a a Wilson. 
he runs and he can throw, right? Wilson could always put those wheels on when he needed to and throw the ball, right? Wherever you want to put him in, in his ability to do that, you put him. But he won, he won a Super Bowl doing it, right? Just wasn't the Legion of Boom. It was the offense too. Marshawn Lynch and, and those guys as well. Um, But what was I saying? Uh, Lamar, Lamar to say, um, Seattle. Oh, yeah. I think Lamar, give him Pete Carroll, and I think Pete Carroll does some things with him. Because then he has DK Metcalf. And then he has Tyler Lockett. So now, not only does he have a true number one wide receiver, he has a true number two wide receiver. We, I, I think, I think uh, you, you called that. He was like, "Yo, Lamar would be good in Seattle." I think you called that before, uh, Jeremy. So, like, I've been saying it for a little while. Nobody going, nah, nah. I just, I look at coaching styles and schemes, and I'm like, bro, he fits with Pete Carroll. He fits with Kyle Shanahan, but the Niners won't go. Are not going to go after him because they got enough going on. What they got going on, but I was like, those two teams would be really good for Lamar. Mm-hmm. Like I really do. I I like Pete Carroll. Like I don't. I like Pete Carroll as a coach. I like his system. His system is very simple. Like there's nothing complicated about his system, mm-hmm. and Lamar would flourish in a system like that. Because now, if I bring in Lamar, I can also start looking at. I can probably draw some more potential free agents to come in on you know smaller contracts. You know, bolster bolster a couple yeah, positions OG, here and OG there. Gay over there, yeah, you know. Because you, you also remember you have a rookie running back that you don't have to pay for the next couple of years too. So. You know, I, are there. I think both of y'all hit the, the nail on the head. I do think I think Seattle is the perfect place for Lamar Jackson to end up if he's not with Baltimore next year. Um we all know Pete, Pete Carroll's a winner. He won in college and he won in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, he won in he won in the NFL first, then in college, then came back to the NFL. Okay. So you're right. But just Pete, Pete Carroll is a winner. He uh he understands football. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of coaches understand X's and O's. Pete Carroll just understands how to win in football. And that is a that is a lost trade because it, it there's a lot of guys like, oh, this guy is very good in the offensive coordinator. Let's hire him as a head coach. No, he's good at the defensive coordinator. Let's hire him as a head coach. No. A head coach has to know how to win. Pete Carroll, anywhere Pete Carroll has won, he's been successful. Mm-hmm. And that is a rare trait. Would be if you if you go back and forth between college and the NFL and you just win no matter where you go, you just get you understand football, you get it. <laughs> and that that's Pete Carroll and Lamar Jackson's one of those as a quarterback gets it. And I think they'll they'll be a match made in heaven. It would be yeah. beautiful. And not everybody can do that. Not all coaches can win in college and in the pros. Nick Saban is Urban a failure in the NFL. For example, like Nick Saban and Urban Meyer are failures at the NFL level. But both Harbaugh brothers are good at the NFL or college. Depends, you know, doesn't really matter. Um, I think I'm gonna lie to you. I would love to see what like what like a coach like Andy Reid could do at college. I would too. Um, I think with, that's- with the right with the right team, I would love to see what Andy Reid could do with a college pro with a college team. Like I think he could do something nasty. I think because Andy Reid is so innovative on offense. Depends on what college team though. Yeah, no, hundred percent. He's so he, he can have so many. I, I'm with you because the schemes you can draw up in college is way way more than what you can do in NFL. Yeah, I'm with you on that. But he would be like the perfect like Pac-12 coach though. Oh, for shit, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think Pac-12, ACC. I think those would be two places he would be damn very. He. Big Ten maybe, but definitely Pac-12 and, and, and ACC for sure. 
Yeah, I can see that. He's a, he's a very good coach, and people don't give him enough credit. They should. He's playing against his former team, who he, he had a long coaching tenure with. Like it's not like like Andy Reid is a very successful coach. Coach, like, right? Like well, I, I, about, I think Philadelphia understands now that you you just once Andy Reid left it was like you don't understand how good you have it until it's gone. They are the perfect example of that because after Andy Reid left, uh, they were trash. So Doug Peterson came along and revived them. Like mm-hmm. you talk about how that did you have until it's gone. Yeah. So when you, when you talk about like the NFL's most winningest coaches, like like Andy Reid is right behind Coach Belichick. Like this is yeah. this is not it's not uncommon. It's this what we're seeing is what we've been seeing from Andy Reid's entire career, and mm-hmm. we forget you know Andy Reid is from the Mike Holmgren coaching tree, which yeah. had a very successful yeah. coaching tree. Yeah, and Andy, yeah. Andy Reid is developing a fairly successful coaching tree as well. So it's like you know. If you know anything about Mike Holmgren from back in the day, like Mike Holmgren was a damn good coach. Yeah. For a long, long time. So it's not surprising that Andy Reid is having the success he's having, you know, in 2023 now with all the innovations and everything else going on with offense. Fact. I agree. So that wraps up at least with everything I've got today. Uh, DJ Michael B, you got anything else you want to talk? You yeah, bring I do got something I want to talk about. I want to get you. Look. I know um, you primarily talk about we primarily talk about a lot of football today, but he told me you were an NBA head guy too. So here's what I want to know, because I asked I asked him this on the on, on the podcast, right? Out of all the trades that happened at the trade deadline, because there was a lot, what do you think is the most underrated? Mm. Mm, that's a good question. That's a good question. I got I got a screenshot of the trades. Let me get the photo real quick. Yeah, hey, look, we you had to screenshot them because there was so many of them. There was a shitload of them. Like trying to keep up with all them trades was like, like I showed him a picture of my phone. I was like, bro, this has been my phone all day. And the messed up part was I forgot my phone at home that morning when I went to work. All right. I went to lunch and grabbed my phone at like three o'clock, and my shit was blown up. So I have, I have three. Okay. My, I'm gonna go from least to the most underrated. Okay. Jay Crowder to the Bucks. That was one of mine's. Yep, for sure. About that one. Yep. I think that's overrated. I think it's like it's it's a sneaky move, but I think other people made just little better moves. The second one I would say, which I don't think a lot of people understand, is Jaka Pertle. To wrap this, what I tell you, yup. That <laughs> was that was a, no basketball. <laughs> that was one for you. me. That was one for me. I told you, you that was my I, that I, was mine too. So very interesting. But the one I think that stands in the own position for me is, is GP back to back to the Warriors. That's another one I said too. Yeah, I think that's a key. That was key. he already understands the system and everything. So. And just and then the funniest one to me is Wall to the Rockets. That's the funny one. Oh, that one was hilarious. He went back to he the Rockets. He just was on a podcast, like, yeah, you know, Rockets was the worst play to play. Hey, sorry, bro. I'm trading you back. <laughs> he got on the phone with his agent. I ain't going to say buying me out. They better buy me out. But they say he might return to the Wizards. So I don't know. Did we get a Bradley hey, Bill, John Wall, Kyle Kuzma, you know, you know, the unicorn or just the corn. I don't know what we call him anymore. <laughs> I don't know what we call him anymore. 
We call him the pony now, bro. <laughs> yeah, because he ain't even he ain't even a unicorn no more at this point. He, I don't know what to call him anymore. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's the funniest one to me. John Wall back to Houston, but I I I, I think the the sleeper would definitely be G, GP back to Golden State because now they have at least one of those defensive guys back that they could kind of use in those spaces where they were lacking at. Okay, so I got one more. I got I just got one. Good Both boy. of y'all. Because I, I don't think uh. I didn't ask you to see the uh, GQ. Uh, What's up? I read online today that whether or not Russell Westbrook stays with the Jazz is completely on Russell Westbrook. If you're Westbrook, do you stay? Do you do you leave? And well, if you I leave, where hear, do you go? I hear different. Yeah, I hear I, Utah is going to buy him out, and the place that he's going to sign is the Clippers. Yeah, I've I've heard that with the Clippers. That, that, that's what I thought too. And then I read on Sports Illustrated, it, I'm looking at the report right now. I was like, Russell Westbrook holds the cards on whether he stays with the Jazz or not. And I was like, wow. Okay. So maybe they did actually. They got a lost season. So it's like, if you want to stay here and play with the young guys, you know, we ain't going to bother you. It's like, nah, I want to go win the championship. I say it goes to Clippers. And I think the Clippers team will definitely be um, a, a formidable team. I don't understand the move to move John Wall. I guess they just, I guess Tyron, because Tyron Lue is out there, right? Yeah, Tyron Lue. I just guess he, he, he just felt like it wasn't, he needed to shake something up. I think, I think uh, maybe internally John Wall asked to be, to be like kind of moved or released just because he feels like he's still a starter and can go get it in his mind, um, which I'm not against because when John Wall played, play for the Clippers off the bench. John Wall was freaking fantastic when he was healthy. Yeah. He had a couple of 2010 games as, as a six man. So John Wall can definitely still play, but I think he still ranks himself in the line. He's going through that. He is. He's going through that Carmelo syndrome. When you, when you're that high, you can't picture yourself being here. And it's like, you're at a certain, certain point in your career. Like everybody cannot be LeBron yeah. that started well, at 30. And, well, like, and you got to accept yeah. your role. Russ is in the same boat. He's right. he's got to accept that, you know, all right. He accepted it, though. On the Lakers, he said, okay, yeah. I'll come off the bench. He accepted that role. And I thought that was going to be a big problem well, for him. Except, except right before, I don't know if you saw the article, before he got traded, he had a falling out with uh, Darvin Ham mm -hmm. because they were trying to sub him out. And he was like, I'm not coming out. And like, they actually got into a whole, like, thing, like, on the floor. But, but you know what, though? I actually agree with Westbrook on, in, in that game when he didn't want to come out because Westbrook was hot. Why would you sub out your hot player? Because he's the only one out here balling. Right. But, but I mean, that, that could be inexperienced as him as a new coach, or it could just be they knew they were going to trade him. Yeah. Because, I mean, I heard a lot of a lot of stuff from Boston fans. Oh, Brown's not playing. They're going to trade Brown. Brown's got to be sitting out. Pritchett, they're going to trade him. Like, they're, First of all, you are not trading Jalen Brown. Like, it's not. Well, I think I think Boston has already made the decision on if they have to keep one or the other, they're keeping Jason Tatum. So, hey, look, and that's fine, but that's gonna be a mistake. But that's not that's that fine. is gonna that, we we've no, been no. on the same wavelength with this forever, bro. Yeah, we, no, yeah no. you and I, you and I have talked about this quite a bit, like, bro, Jalen Brown. I'm if give me a choice, I'm taking Jalen Brown. You give me a choice, I'm taking keeping them both. They both work good together. They're great tangible together. I don't I don't see why people want to break the two up. They got to a finals last year together. They they could they won two games. They could they could win two more if you give them like yeah, you dude. just gotta let them get some more experience. I don't yeah, I don't want to let either of them go. And over I'm again. sorry. I'm sorry. 
JB yeah, like might bro. be JB might be the best or the second best two two guard or whatever you want to call him in the league right now. But Jason Tatum I, yeah. is a superstar. So there's no way with those two having that status that you can let JT go over J um over JB. You would have I think to let Boston, JB I, I think Boston is on a I won't say on a surge, but I think they are one all-star big man away from running the league. And yeah. it, it's unfortunate yeah, how Horford isn't a young they player. Like he but, was with Atlanta. If Al Horford was when oh, he was. Younger, he oh, we had young Horford? Yeah. He would have did double yeah. the Giannis what he did yeah. to him in the playoffs. Well, the, yeah. other, the other problem you run into is that Williams wasn't healthy. They're, they're young big. No, that's yeah. nothing I would say. Because I, I actually, I like that kid. Like, I like that kid a right. lot. Right, I would he say that. wasn't healthy. If you look at when he's healthy and he plays, we are we are one of the best defenses in the league. So we have our big man. It's just he does he can't stay healthy. He's a great rim protector. He changes a lot of shots down low. You know he he, he can't really guard the perimeter. But what a big man do you expect to really really guard the perimeter? It's not no. Big. If you look at the scope of what a center's supposed to do, guard the perimeter is not one of them. Yeah. So and like he he can definitely chase down like but, but from the back blocks he can get back on play. So. He's a good center. He just he just needs to get healthy. And if, if he does not get healthy, then yeah, we need to go find somebody. I like the Mike Muscala because he's a three point yeah. shooter. And in the playoff, if you get him minutes, he's definitely going to space that floor and be a threat from three. Uh, yeah. And he's very efficient too. So, yeah. But when I seen that, when I seen Toronto pulling that that Pirtle trade, I was like, I see what they did there. Yeah, yeah. That, was a, that was a glaring weakness that Toronto had was center, and they're like, let's just go get us a true center. Let's let's go yeah. get a true center. Yeah. Like, cause Siakam just Siakam is very similar to Bam Adebayo in Miami. Like, they had See, him playing five, but they're truly fours, right? Because that's what the league is today. Yeah, you the have an athletic, a small ball, an athletic yeah. four who plays five because you have a smaller lineup because you want more mm-hmm. athletes on the floor. You want to be able to space the floor and not not your big man get caught out in space. Mm-hmm. But it's like that's a part of basketball. Like, like people would think Rudy Gobert is a bad defender on the perimeter, but it's just he's not. He's not a bad defender on the perimeter. It's just that that's not his strong suit. No, he's, he's a, a rim protector. His, his job is two feet away from the basket, not, right? Not thirty-four feet. But I think in time, people are going to see the game is going to reverse itself and it's going to go right back to yeah. Oh hell yeah! Big men <laughs> need to do what big men do because people are going to see like we can't follow this formula of young like power forwards being centers. Like Joe Kitchen and Bead are fucking centers. They are hundred percent. You need yeah. a center to fucking combat that. Wilmington, whatever Victor Wilmington, whatever that's what I call him. Oh, Wimbaya. Don't don't correct me. Victor <laughs> Wilmington, when he gets in the league, you know that nigga should be a center. That's what they should do. But yeah. he's probably going to be a power forward. He's probably going to play the four. Who knows? Yeah. And they're going to have two seven footers on the floor, and then in the playoffs, it's not going to work. No, they're going to get they're going to get they're going to get outran. Like unless he's fucking skipping up the court like Giannis. Um, mm-hmm. Now Giannis is a one of one. <laughs> Like Giannis, 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 Shaq in Orlando, bro. Oh man, that's the closest comparison. Yeah, yeah, I like. Yeah. It. Well, I don't know. Dominant wise, I would say if he if if Giannis goes on to dominate, let's say dominates the league over the next ten years, right? And he's still young. What is he like? 24, 25, right? Somewhere around that. Uh, Giannis is twenty six. Twenty six. All right. So another ten years. He's still definitely young. Right, I don't know how the league works. So another 10 years, if he dominates the league, you, you might could put him in the domination category of like a Shaq and Will, yep. people like that. Because he he's, he's one one of the most unstoppable players in the league right now. Oh, my apologies. Giannis is 28. 
Oh, 20. Wow. Okay, yeah, so 30. Yeah, he'll be like LeBron's age. So another like eight years, six, seven, six. Yeah, Giannis six, got another eight, 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 eight good, years of Good years. We're talking about good years yeah. when he's, when he's going to be able to do what he still does. I don't know where his drop-off is going to come. You know, we done seen, you know, Kobe's drop-off. We could say MJ had a drop-off, which he really, really did. With the Wizards. Right. You can say that was a drop-off because he wasn't scoring the way he was scoring. Le- LeBron is the only play where we're just like, this nigga still hasn't had a drop-off offensively. It's oh. ridiculous. Oh, sorry about that. Le- 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 LeBron hasn't had an offensive drop-off. Has he had a drop-off as a player? Yes. Oh, and real people know that. Oh, 100%. He's not as fast. He's not as quick. He's not as good. He's the same. He's not as good. Like, yeah, he can't put the energy on defense in, in defense the way he is. But people don't want to talk about that. It's like LeBron fans go crazy, bro. Like, I posted on Facebook in one of these forums the other day just to fuck with him. I said, damn, Michael Jordan never said he was the, he was the greatest of all time, and neither did Tom Brady. Hmm. Oh, they lost their minds, bro. Lost this one dude just kept commenting. I'm like, yo, bro, like, why are you so mad? Like. They get mad when you give them a fact they can't refute. Then I it, told him, just show me. Fact. Just show me what MJ is saying. Everybody keeps bringing up the OJ Melo thing. No, he did not say, I'm the greatest player of all time. That's not what he said. He told OJ Melo, you are the greatest. You, he said, you are the best high school player, but I'm the best in the world. That's what he said. And, and what and when he did he say that? I think it was in 98 he said that. In 98, he was not, he did not say, I am the GOAT. I am the greatest player of all time. Nobody started saying that shit. And that shit didn't come about until LeBron started doing it. It's why I didn't like LeBron in the beginning of his career. I hated LeBron. It wasn't because he was shitting on Boston, because we was fucking LeBron up. Like, I hated him because of his arrogance and how much he, he was trying to make people at that early of age without doing anything, try to compare himself to Mike. Steve, Stephen A. Smith had probably has the best, like, the best, uh, what you would call a soliloquy on him. He was like, why are we celebrating him for what? What has he done? He hasn't won nothing. And he was like, and he walking around like he already won. He walking around like he's this and he's that. And he didn't win nothing. So why? And it's a fact. And it's true. It is true. But you have to look at the other side of it, too. The he, expectation. Was a, he was he was he was, a, he was anointed the chosen one. He didn't say that he was that. Like, that was you. Look yeah, at but it's a difference. Like he was already anointed like the next. The next great. Well, how many times? How many times do we see guys? He also dubbed himself King James. Right, but how many times do we see? Right, how many times do we see a guy come in and they dub the media dubs them something? The The next one to come, like Grant Hill, he was supposed to be the next coming to Michael. This guy is supposed to be the next coming to Michael. This guy's the next coming. Yeah, but like that shit happens all the time. Grant was a beast. Oh no, Grant was a beast. If he didn't get injured, I don't think I don't think there would be many. He would be up there and 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 like the greatest of all time discussion of Grant's the healthy. The biggest difference with the LeBron thing is you have to remember they were also broadcasting his high school games on ESPN. Like it was like you know, so the pressure was already being yeah, like came in the league superstar. They were putting the pressure on him before he had even started. And he he, and he lived up to it. He did. He did. He 100% Somewhat. did. Not only he live up to it, he, 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 he passed some it. People, he passed some people say he overachieved his expectations. That's great. But we could, we, could, we could say that, and at the same time, you can also say he kind of fell that being a winner. Oh, okay. oh yeah, I'm definitely with that. Four and six. Felt that being a winner. Yeah, you felt that being a winner. And I know people people don't like equating winning to championships, but you have to. It's the only reason why we play the game. It's the only reason why we play the game. We play for a ring. We play for a championship. A player just said it. We play to win the game. Right. The player just said it like 
If you don't think we play to win championships, then you don't fucking know basketball. And I forget which basketball player just say that, but they play to win a championship because they know winning a championship puts them in the upper echelon to basketball play. Especially if you are an all star, star, or a superstar. You see all the disrespect Charles Barkley get all the time. Yeah, for not that's really not ever, but if Charles Barkley had one ring, just one ring, just one, he'd be in a different category. 100%. Different category. His ne- he goes up two levels in in, in where he's where he's placed and how yeah. people look because, at him. Because people just feel like, bro, Charles was a damn good player. Yes, he like, was. He was a dog. Charles like, was six six power forward in the big man era, dominating centers, bro. And yeah. gave and gave Shaq problems. Yeah. Hell, call yeah. Shaq to get into a fight with I him. I told him, y'all don't know Prince he Charles, bro. He deserves props for fighting Shaq. Uh, right. hey, not, he, I mean, he did take Shaq down. I'm just saying, we, we all saw the video. They, hey, you know, hey. Hey, let me tell you something, you know, real quick. You see, Charles didn't take me down. I took Charles up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, the impression is on point. <laughs> oh, that shit was dope. Yeah, that's but, dope. but nah, like, Charles was a beast, man. People don't know who Sir Charles is, bro. It's, it, and it's but it's like we talked about when I was on the first, the first uh, episode with you guys. Like, we people nowadays are so stuck in recency bias that we forget that the greats have been around. Now and we know this old head, the old head this, old head that, because nobody wants to understand. Like, yeah, I get it. With the guys that are stubborn, they just like, no, I'm in the nineties, I'm in the nineties, and it's two thousand forty-three. No, you gotta, you gotta come out that lens and yep. just view the game for what it is. If you don't like it, you don't like it, but you can still give props to the people that's doing it. Like people always think, like, I love, I love how our TikTok is set up because right now it's two of us that really use the account as me and Mel. So a lot of people think they're talking to Mel when they're talking to me. So I got called the old head. And I was like, damn, bro, I didn't know 31 was old. He's like, oh, no, my B, bro, my B. I didn't know that's how old you were. I'm like, see, the problem is you think you're talking to the guy that's in the video, but you're not. Like, we're not old heads, bro. We just look at it from, we understand, we've been through years of basketball, decades of basketball, bro. You didn't, you haven't been through that yet. A lot of you guys started watching ball when y'all was 15 and you're 21. Yeah. You didn't even make a decade yet. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, hey, you I guys didn't even watch the bronze when you came in the league. Jordan was in the league, and and was drafted Like a lot of you guys wasn't watching basketball three. Like I'm from, we from, we from the VHS era. Right. My mom used to have the All Star games on VHS. She had the NBA Finals. Like I remember watching it on that box ass TV. Right. Same ass song. You know the same thing. So like, 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 NBA Finals on NBC, hey, dog. Right. That, that's the era I come from. NBC. Like half these dudes don't even know what them N one is. No. No. We talking about N one. We talking about when you go for a foul and you foul him, he makes it. That's N one. N one. No, that's not what we talking about. Bro. Oh, you talking about them cheap ass shoes? Nah, fam. We talking about N ones. Listen, I was listening to, uh, because I like the professor. So oh, yeah. I was watching a professor on YouTube, and he was breaking down a documentary, and he was saying the shoes wasn't bad. You saying that? He said they weren't bad shoes. They were they were made very well. He said the what fuck what fuck the shoes is is Gilbert. It was Gilbert Arenas that got injured, right? Yeah. Gilbert Arenas got injured with the shoes on, so they equated it to the shoes. Mm. He said that's what killed the shoes for them. It was somebody got injured with the shoes on. If nobody, if Gilbert Arenas did not get injured with the shoes on, they don't have that problem with the shoes. But they were good shoes. They all hooped in them. I hooped in them. I had them. I, I so. hooped them. I mean, also, also, hooped in, I, I hooped in shacks too, but. I, ho- I hooped in boots. 
I hooped in church shoes. That's how much of a bowler I was. Yeah, yeah you couldn't you know, touch hey. me. You leave, you leave church me. on Sunday and they like, I'm gonna go hoop. I'm I, me and these I church went, gonna go put my, the work. My in. dad church had a barbecue a couple like maybe like seven years, seven, eight, nine, maybe almost ten years ago. He, he, they had a barbecue. I went and I was torching the, the preacher, bro. I don't care. I, I don't discriminate. I look. The sermon is over. <laughs> right, he got the sermon. You gonna hey, get blessed I'm, I'm, in the name of basketball out here? Keep going with me. But my dad was like, "You didn't dunk on him." Though. I said, "You see that three I hit though? You feel me? Like it can't guard me out here, man." Yeah, look, I'm, I'm gonna bless you with these buckets. Yeah, now we talk about that all the time. Like, we we still be getting out there trying to hoop. I think it's because you got a three on three event coming up. Not me. I'm trying to make I'm trying to I'm trying to make sure I can make an appearance for that. You know, I'm trying to come out of no, I got a bad back now. So, I'm I'm trying to get the band back together. Yeah, I got a bad back now. So, basketball is over for me. Oh man, I I feel that. I come out of retirement for one day. I come out of retirement for one day. I'm being retirement for the rest of my life. <laughs> that's it for me. One jump shot and I land, my back gonna go. <laughs> that's gonna be it. I got edge syndrome right now. I can't can't do no 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 activities. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, oh man. I want to pick up a ball game. You guys don't understand. I miss it. I miss it so much. Kicking people ass. Bro. Well, we, we, me me and Jay used to hoop every Saturday at this place yeah. called Eagle Point. Oh yeah, and man. Five on five, four plus twenty-one, dude. I got. I'll do it now. It's in black and white. <laughs> it's in black and white, but you feel me? This, oh, okay. this is this is what I what what I do. All right, I got it framed. That's my best friend. We both. You can't really see it. You can see it a little bit. Well, you see, we both got those Nike shoes on, man. Yeah. No advertisement picture out here, but nah. This is what I did, bro. Look at the stance on me, though. That's a basketball stance, man. That's a basketball stance. That man said, I'm, he said he was ready, ready. I was ready, and I was a shooter, so you, you, you didn't know what I was going to do. Now, I'll tell you one thing. They used to always tell me, man, when I went up for a layup, because I didn't really like dunking. I, I was a flashy layup guy. But it was like, yo, you jump so high, I don't know if you're going to dunk on me or not. I got to get out the way. Hey, bro. <laughs> hey, hey Mike, Mike, that sound familiar? i tell you one no, funny story. It's not like you. <laughs> I, I don't want to hold you guys up too much longer, but i tell you one funny story. I was playing full court, five on five in the park down here. And my brother and this other guy on the other team, some randoms, some chat, they were just chirping at each other, just chirping. And like, I come from a hood. So at any moment, a fight could break out. So I'm getting pissed off that they they chirping. And I'm wide open at three point line. So I'm like, oh, I'm about to yam this shit, tell them all to shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> I get the ball, two bounces high. Two Charlie horses in my leg, mid air. Uh, uh. Oh. <laughs> oh. I go to duck and catch two Charlie horses, and each leg I catch a Charlie horse simultaneously while I'm about oh, to dunk no. the ball, bro. I had to let it go mid air. Oh! And I tried to dunk after that. I was like, God told me not to. That was my sign. Oh, I think I would have had to just retire in that moment. Yeah, God bro. Like, told two me not to. Mid air, <laughs> right? And one in both legs. Yo. Oh no, you can't even land. I gotta just tuck it. Yeah, away. I felt. No. I went straight to the ground. It wasn't no yeah. landing on those legs, bro. Hey, you, you know, one of them when you wake up in the morning, you stretch, you get a Charlie horse, and you roll yes. on the floor and grab one, one leg. Yo, that I man had, can grab a leg. He was just stuck. <laughs> I was stuck, bro, and I was so mad because it was like I was about to yam that shit. <laughs> I was about, to, oh, I was about to fucking two hand do the shack and bring the red down. Like I was so pissed, bro. And God was like, "Nah, this is not the time, my son." <laughs> yeah, take care of your legs, my son. <laughs> God and Father Time said, "Nope, nope." Sit down. I was young too. I was like twenty. 
I beat my body up so much as a kid, like never going to the doctor and getting checked out and stuff like that. That mm-hmm. shit affects you. People don't understand that. That's why it's like my knees are bad. My back is bad. Like, I got two. I got a herniated disc that's pinching my sciatic nerve. And I got a bulging disc. Yeah, I got arthritis in my back. Like, Yeah, I got that too. But I got yeah. it in my hand. Nah, arthritis in your back is different, bro. I don't know how people's like, I got it in my hand. I had it since I was a teenager in my hand, but I have it in my back, yo. It, it, it like hinders you from doing so much. It's like if you you gotta it's, it, I don't take pain medication, so I, I smoke. That's what I do. So it's like a lot of a lot of blunts and a lot of motherfucking icy hot patches, you know, hey, warm hot showers, hey, loosen up the muscles around it. Boy, them lidocaine patches, boys, boys. Yeah, lidocaine. People don't know about that lighter cane. My grandmother put me on a lighter cane. Put, put that salon pass on one time. Uh-huh. Oh. Boy. What I do too is people don't understand is if you can't take it, because a lot of a lot of times, like you, you can just loosen it up by taking a shower. But if you can't take one, like me, I can't always take a shower in the morning. So I take my shower at night too before I go to work. But what I do in the morning is I run the water and I'll go and sit in the steam for a little bit. Because yeah. even yep. that hot air would loosen your muscles up a little bit. Yep. So, but yeah, man. One, hopefully one day, man. Hopefully one day, you know, you know, Troy could touch the ball again. I used to, I, I shoot from the top of my head, so everybody always told me I, I shot like Kobe. I don't know why, but I was a Paul Pierce guy around that time. Okay. So, but I have a game similar to Paul Pierce, especially from but, that free throw. You know, I'm, I, hey, it's automatic yeah. free throw. But yeah, I was, were- I was an off balance shooter. Like I was always doing fadeaways, falling shots. All I hate guarding like people like that, bro. It's impossible to block the damn shot. Yeah, that's me. But see, the thing about me was, I used to have this jump shot in high school where I shot from here, like from my head. And you oh, you block that shit. Yeah, you can easily block that shit. So I'm in the gym in high school. I'm like, I can't keep shooting like this. Like, and I was it's a good shot, but I'm like, I'm gonna get it blocked. And I was like, if I'm really gonna get out here and compete with these guys, I need a shot that they can't block. So I took the ball back here. I took it behind my head, and then it's just a. Uh, Bro, hated it, and I can switch it. I can go from top to all the way back, and ne- and people hate it when I went all the way back because it's like, yo, how do I block it? I'm like, that's that dirt. <laughs> that's that dirt. My team, my teammate Chris McClure in middle school shot like that, bro. He was, mm-hmm. it was notorious. That was his shit. I was like, mm-hmm. man, just how do you shoot from behind your head? It's like a catapult, Flash. right? Right, and it gets the velocity it gets too woof, yeah. like, and just the spin on it. Be like, oh, and it'd be like, yo. Why, why are you doing this to me? Like, nah, it's like that, bro. It's like that. Yeah. Nah, so, Troy, we appreciate you coming on to the lounge today. It's been phenomenal guys. to have you. I'm glad that, you know, you got to come come to this side of it. You know what I'm saying? I've been, I've been guest starring over there with y'all. You know, it's glad to see. So the and people you'll be continue. back Friday. Yeah, I'll be back Friday. Yeah, I'll be back Friday. Yeah. And, and hey, DJ on Monday, two days. Yeah. I'm in the... <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I think okay. you got to keep up with this man and his work schedule because he... He be on he he in that warehouse life, so you know how yeah, you, you yeah. gotta make stuff. the money, man. Gotta make the money. I yeah, rushed so. home. I was like, nah, I gotta get out of here a little early so I get home, make sure I'm ready for yeah for the show. And then I'll, nah, what I'll do on Facebook, I'll send you his his page so you can you know y'all can link up and then you oh, can where, where, where. yeah yeah so you, you can what? send this stuff to him. Y'all can coordinate and do y'all thing. And then that's how we'll do it. Um, this has been another phenomenal gentleman's lounge. Had another fine gentleman in the crowd with us today. You see everybody's hotline going off because it's that time of day. It'd be yep. like that sometimes. So. Everybody out there, stay blessed. Be safe out there. Have a great rest of your weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Gentlemen's Talk, we will be back with a special, 
special post-Super Bowl episode on Tuesday. Because Monday, DJ Michael B. going to be over there from the sidelines doing his thing over there. So, ladies and gentlemen, I am the world's greatest milk slayer. They call me Mr. GQ. And I am the leader of the baby daddy replaces DJ Michael B. <laughs> we out. You out here replacing baby daddies? <laughs> That's what we do, man. We do. We out of the. Peace. Thank you guys for having me, man. All right, man.